Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my Gambit Prime review. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now. I usually have these hit the feeds when I'm live on twitch.tv slash say no to rage. Or you can look me up, say no to rage in the Twitch app or on Twitter and throw me a follow there. In the various places that you're listening or watching, hitting that subscribe button, hitting the like button is an easy way to support what I do. So, this Q&A might get kind of lengthy. I am going to try to watch the time so we keep this at about two hours. So, it's about one o'clock. So, for me. I'm going to try and keep it about two hours. It got real fiery in between the the video and the Q&A. A lot of people seeing things differently than me uh, and having a good back and forth. So, hopefully some of the questions can represent that because not everybody is seeing uh, Gambit Prime the same way that I am. So, let's go into the questions big whitey what are your thoughts behind invasion so often on primeval bakes they always line up with the third envoy dying do you just have to play smart or do you feel they should be after invasion timers i think it's just meant to be a disruption to the bake but any team that pays attention is just not going to kill the third envoy you know what i mean they're they're just not going to kill the third envoy they're gonna be like well i'm just gonna wait uh trace rifles are amazing by uh right now by the way use them they're ridiculously strong um as long as you catch on to that rhythm, uh, this is not Berguz yet. No, I, I'm, I, I don't have the ballistic log yet, Milo. I have to do these these uh, these bounties, and Valunder is one of my bounties. So, um, inv- invasion became clear to me that it was not worth doing damage on stacks one, two, and three. It's like it just isn't worth it. Invasion is constant in the boss fight, so we were just like let's just wait let's just wait to do damage and then we even perfected it further when we were when we knew we were about to earn stack four we were like don't kill the third envoy we waited for the invasion to be over then we killed her then we baked so it's a very simple formula for the team in the lead like you're very much in the position of power keep in mind whenever i bring up the position of power for the team in the lead i'm not bringing that up because i want to see catch-up mechanics and other cheesy things to help the team that plays from behind I don't want that but it just goes to show you that once a team pulls ahead it's very much a snowball and that kind of goes hand in hand with some of my criticisms about the influence of invasion and how I've said there's more snow on the snowball because of the you know just the nature of two blockers draining moats there's a lot of things that are now going into just that feeling of basically all hope is lost. Now, some people were pushing back on what I was saying. They were like, well, Lono, what you're, what you're showing, though, is that a good team's going to pull ahead and win. That's how it should be. You're winning because you're a good team, not because of the strategy. My contention is that even if you have two really, really good teams going against each other, a lot of this stuff is not really reversible even by a good team. Even the best team, if you're behind in the and you're behind in the summoning... And a lot of times you're behind in the summoning because of everything I've outlined about how influential first invasion is. If you're behind in the summoning, it doesn't matter how good you are. The other team is in the position of power. They kill two envoys and then they wait. You could come over and kill all of them. It doesn't matter. All they got to do is wait for you to leave, kill the next envoy, and you've barely slowed them down. Even in the early stages of killing the envoys, all they've got to do is kill the two and kill the third. And then if you come over, even if you successfully kill their entire team, that envoy stack is there for 30 seconds it is there 
for 30 seconds, which means it, if they're not focusing on damage, you haven't actually slowed anything down yet. You have not slowed them down. They're merely just going to wait for the stack to go away and then kill the next group of envoys, which means even if you're over there for the entire 30 second duration, you're really only over there for the entire time that the stack is there. And if they're not using the stack, you've not disrupted their success flow at all. Like you haven't, you haven't slowed them down. And that is, I just, I don't know, to me, I think that's concerning because then you're in a situation where even when there's two good teams playing against each other, the team in the lead just doesn't really ever have to feel threatened by the other team. And I know that the team in the lead should have advantages, but it is basically a not, it's just not a back and forth is my main issue. It doesn't feel like there's a back and forth. It doesn't feel like, well, now that they're ahead, let's do this thing. If we do this thing, it'll take away one of their stacks. Or if we do this thing, it'll take away their damage. And they know when you do that, they can respond. They could respond and they could say, nope, they took one of our stacks away. Let's earn it back. If we do this and this and this, we'll get two stacks on the next thing. Like more of a chess match, more of a back and forth instead of a, they're in the lead and they can just kind of coast. Um... Sunbro with the next question. In my own experience with Gambit Prime, I found that it was a mess when I played solo and an absolute blast when playing with a well-coordinated pickup group from my clan. Do you think that the solo experience will improve uh, with full armor sets uh, can essentially define, declare the role that they're going to play? In my video where I said, here are my hopes about Gambit, I said that I was hoping that they they would set it up where you could have more influence as a really good collector or like a really, really good reaper. I mean, I said that I was like that, that would be good. You would want to have that sense of like, you know what? I was a really good reaper that time. And because I was a really, really good reaper, we, we got this, 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 and this, like you, you would, you would clearly sort of see your influence over the game. My concern now after playing it is it's just basically normal gambit with the paint job. And I don't see, I, and I'm not, that's not like a slam, right? We know it's going to be basically a lot like original gambit and people are saying it's going to evolve over time i hope it evolves significantly over time because maybe it's going to evolve over time and those perks will be of like a needed thing it'll be a needed thing that's dangerous for solo teams because then if you don't have those perks and you get put on a team with somebody who doesn't have all the armor it's basically you're automatically going to lose right if you've not been grinding to get the armor and they make the armor hugely influential you're not actually fixing the problem you're making it worse because then you're going to take organized teams with full armor sets and it's going to be almost impossible to beat them anytime you get matched up with somebody who doesn't have any armor well find a team and play okay well you just created trials like, and I'm not saying we can't have something like Trials, but this is an annual pass piece of content. And if the armor is super influential to the point that if you don't have it, you're at an enormous disadvantage. Again, keep in mind, you're, you're creating something that's very, very narrow and player engagement will just subsequently go down. That's not good for the people that are playing hardcore either because then matchmaking takes forever because there's less people playing and it's more sweaty because you're more likely to only engage with a very, very sweaty core of players. So it, let's just imagine that people are right, that it's going to significantly change once we get full armor sets and once and once the, you know, the game evolves, you're actually making all of the things I've highlighted worse because people are going to get paired with anybody without a full armor set and they're going to be almost sentenced to death when that happens so even if I table a lot of what people are saying and saying okay well let's say that's correct it actually might honestly cause more problems than it solves um, truthfully so we'll have to wait and see
And we are doing Tipsy Tuesday tonight. It got shoved from yesterday to today. Leviathan, how would you fix the invasion part of uh, Gambit Prime since it seems to still be part that ruins the Gambit experience? Okay, invasion just completely is a pendulum swing. It's a pendulum swing. In the beginning of the game, it is the most important thing. It is the most important thing. Yeah, Wasted Wednesday. Thank you. If you're first to invade and you get a kill or two, it is it is the linchpin. That's it. You that you're good. You got it. You know, you're in great position, right? You then go to the end game. You get to the boss fight. Invasion's nothing. It doesn't do anything. It's a nuisance. A smart team invasion doesn't stop them. It doesn't slow them down. It, it swings on a pendulum. It goes from being the most important thing ever to, to being a nuisance and an, annoy- and an annoyance. You know? And I don't know the solution. Other than, other than doing what I said, I really feel like sometimes the most obvious solution, it, the most extreme solution is the best. Get rid of invasion. Or change invasion to be more about like you go over and you're invincible and you can do something while you're over there that's pretty challenging and it's hard and they maybe maybe the team that's on the offense can do something uh to make that harder for you or something i don't know i just th- th- something needs to change because if they don't if they don't completely change the nature of it they don't if they don't up push it into upheaval then i'm worried that it's just going to continue to make people feel like this is completely pointless it's just like gambit whoever invades first wins and then when i invade in the end game it doesn't do anything uh brostafa do you believe solo queuing in gambit prime would be just as frustrating as regular gambit probably more frustrating to be honest probably more frustrating because there's mechanics in the boss fight <laughs> there's mechanics in the boss fight I mean, you you want to talk about tilting. It's tilting when we try to do a heroic event. <laughs> it's tilting when we try to do a heroic public event and someone messes it up. So imagine having that happen in Gambit and they're not doing the things they need to do. At, listen, I'm not actually saying that's a big fault. In my review of Gambit Prime, I did not bang on the drum of the solo player because you're going into a team-based environment. I can't help you. You know? I, I, Eugene's making the point. Stop expecting team-based activities to be friendly to solos. They can try and help you out a little bit on the matchmaking. Other than that, I, I, what, what do you want them to do? They've created a team environment. They've created a team-based uh, 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 a team-based activity like that's that's like a that, that there's not the, the, you're going to be intrinsically and naturally at a disadvantage and I don't know what they can do other than other than try and make the matchmaking funnel you to solos and if they funnel you with solos that can help now they don't want to do it to, the, to and make it absurd um because if they make it absurd then then people on teams will never get a, never get any matchmaking. Like you need to, you need to periodically kind of take one on the chin. That's just the nature of matchmaking. Um, so I don't have the solution for you other than to really really like try to favor it. Now everybody always has different experiences. Anytime I solo queued Gambit, I was always against solo queues. Uh, I never had an issue. Now, I had morons on my team. The other team always had this amazing synergy. It was it, it always blew my mind. It just blew my mind. It was like, how are these four solo players playing with such amazing synergy? 
But other than that, I hardly ever went up against four stacks. Again, that's anecdotal. I'm not saying that that means you're going to have the same experience, but it does seem to try to push you solos against solos. Uh, Sunbro, do you have an idea of how invading could be tuned to still be influential, but not the solo determining factor of Gambit Prime? Uh, JFab knows. Thank you so much uh, for the Prime sub. Listen, the only thing I could think they could do is, again, like, you go over and you're immune and you're trying to do something, and if you put, if you if you pull it off, maybe you steal some moats. Not like a game-changing amount of moats, but, like, it slows them down, and they have the opportunity to do it, too. And the team can try and stop you. Maybe you have a certain amount of time to, like, I think Mel put it in chat, like, slam an orb. What if you have to go find an orb and then slam it on their bank? Okay, kind of like Rift. And you're, you're, you're invincible this entire time. But once you grab the orb, they can shoot you and slow you down. Okay? And if they shoot you and they slow you down, the timer might run out and you miss your opportunity to steal. Okay? Now, what this is doing is it's creating a pain point that is manageable, but not it, it's not flipping the game on its head. It's, the, oh my gosh, we just got a bad invasion. We lost. This guy is going to distract you a little bit. That's good, right? It takes you off of, it takes you off of orb collection duty. You got to like shoot him. If he gets good at it, right, you can get good at invading and doing this slam thing, and then you can go over and slow them down, influence their moat collection, take some of their moats, and, oh, that's a feather in our cap. Nice. Good invade, man. You got some of their moats. Let's keep going. And then that keeps teams close together. If teams were closer together, then I think the ending boss fight would be more intense because, again, if there's no invasion during the last boss fight, it comes down to strategy and efficiency. Killing the envoys fast, and then I know people are like, well, what about the bake? What about the bake? If, it, if you're literally not having any invasion, what about the bake? Okay, listen, the bake is still happening, alright? So stop acting like it's not happening. We're just waiting to make it happen. If you wait till stack three or four and you're coordinated, you're still baking. And they can't they can't prevent you from baking with invading. Okay? So invading is a moot point already. Don't act like it's this big influencer, because it's not. If a team is gonna bake, if you're gonna try and use baking as like an argument against what I'm saying, like, oh, don't get rid of invading because people will just bake. They already are, and invading isn't stopping them because of the way that that, that invading is paced in the boss fight. In, invading is already irrelevant, okay? So make it truly irrelevant and then change the nature of the boss fight. Make it so you have to have multiple damage phases or something and the speed with which you get rid of the, uh, the speed with which you get rid of the, um, you know, the envoys and using the power buff and different things would be, you know, how fast you could kill the boss. So at that point, both teams would be close and then there, and it's just a race to kill the boss. Now you could add something similar again with invasion. What if they go over and invade and they successfully slam the orb and it takes away a damage stack or something? Um, it takes away a damage stack. It slows the other team down. Again, invasion wouldn't be detrimental, but it wouldn't be because right now it's a nuisance and it doesn't do anything. So if they could come over and like slam a ball and then take away one of your damage stacks, but you could shoot them and slow them down to keep them from doing that, that's another moderate, manageable pain point. You're not shooting the boss. You're not paying attention to the envoys. You got to pay attention to this dude. That's a distraction. That slows you down. If he pulls it off, well, if he pulls it off, well, then there you go. Like he's actually going to slow you down. He's going to take away a damage stack. That's influential. That's a good thing. Don't you see like... 
I think there are ways to completely retool the way invasion happens so that the identity of the game stays intact, but it's not this it it right now it's super meaningful and then it doesn't matter at all. And I just think that's such a weird, weird sharp juxtaposition in the experience of Gambit to have everything hinge not everything but most of the game hinge on that first invasion and then invasion during the boss fight is literally an inconsequential nuisance um so sasquatch is there any incentive to try the different roles in gambit if not how do you feel about there being four weekly bounties one per role with objectives related relative to that role that reward a weapon upon completion i want intentionality for the weapons like in my review of in my review of Season of the Drifter, that's going to be a point that I make. I don't like the lack of intentionality toward the weapons. We've swung from one of the best farming grinding value points ever in Destiny, Ada's bounties, and we've gone completely off the reservation and now we've got oh, the, the guns just drop randomly. Yay, can't wait to take forever to get the roll that I want on a gun while grinding a game mode that I don't enjoy. <laughs> like at least if you didn't like the forges, you had agency over what you were grinding for. You could go for the weapon that you thought was worth it. You could go for the things that you thought were really good. Gee, many Christmas. I'm not going to get any super energy from those guys. Um, I hate this forge. That's why I never come here anymore. It's so it's so not fun. Um, it's just such a it's just such a meat grinder. Uh so that that I mean that's a whole other element to the problem with this with this content is you don't even have agency over what you're grinding. Like I think they have multiple risks right now with player engagement. If you had agency over what you were grinding for, then I think maybe people might be like, you know what, I'll just keep playing Prime. I don't like it that much, but at least I know what I'm getting. At least I know what I'm going for. At least I know I'm what I'm working on. I really want that auto rifle, and I'm getting the auto rifle at an interval, the way we did in Black Armory. I think that is that's a missing that's a missing piece of this DLC, and I think that that's worrisome because I, I again feel like that's going to compound the problem of the enjoyment factor. Oops, I bumped the mouse. Uh, like it. I enjoy Gambit Prime. I think every role is needed, and without synergy, you have some close for comfort matches. And I personally don't think Invader shouldn't heal the Prime as much as they do per kill. How do you think they could fix it? I mean, I just outlined ways I think they could fix Invasion, and ultimately it comes down to minimizing how much pain they can cause, but giving it giving it that 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 push and pull with the with the team that's being invaded. It, that that's that's how I would handle it. Uh, Mudcat, with this being a sweaty comp version of Gambit, do you think that Gambit matchmaking needs to be looked at still? Uh, I got in a game last night and it was a four stack and their team versus my team was full of solos. That's going to happen. I've already kind of addressed this question. I mean, that is literally going to happen. There's nothing you can do about that. There's going to be matches like that. As long as that's not every match. I think a lot of people overstate the four stacks thing. I think people overstate it. I think you do face four stacks. I think it happens, right? I think it happens. I think people overstate it. I think people act like I played 10 matches last night and it was always a four stack and I I don't believe those people. I don't have any ammo and now we got a double immunity. We just failed this forge. Oh my gosh, he got unimmune. I hate this forge so much. No ammo dropped at all. I could not get any ammo off. Oh, there's a green right there. I cannot stand this forge. If you don't get ammo, dude, it's awful. I got another Acantha. I like the Acantha as a, as a grenade launcher. Um, 
I get can I can I cancel that? No, I can't. Nasir Lamp says, How do you feel about the Thorn Quest steps? I'm surprised it's not contained to Gambit Match. The Thorn Quest steps looked crazy to me. You gotta kill like warlocks and you gotta kill titans and you gotta kill hunters. Uh, from what I saw, the Thorn Quest is going to take a while. <laughs> it's gonna take a while. Um, it's gonna take you a minute. Uh, I basically got the exact same role. Uh, Rampage, auto-loading holster. Um, did we cancel the thing? Or am I in here again? Uh, auto-loading holster, Rampage. So it has a little bit better blast radius. That's not worth keeping. Um, so yeah, the Thorn the thorn quest, it seems like it's going to take uh, a long time. Look at the quest again. Made it easier. Oh, is Thor not that? Is Thor not that bad? I saw quest steps on a blog, and I was like, "Gee, many Christmas! This is gonna take people a long time." Uh, you gotta kill like a lot of people. Um, they're only PVE steps, really? Oh, well, there you go. Uh, that's interesting. So now we have to do. I gotta do Izanami. Izanami. Forge. Okay, well, they made it easier. There you go. There's the answer to your question. Gritter, uh, would you be in favor of a mechanic that allows you to disable the enemy team's transporter for X number of seconds or minutes, such as a mechanic could be used strategically to prevent invasion during boss phases? Um, you're moving chess pieces that I, I don't know. I don't know what kind of an influence that would have. I think... I don't know. I think what I came up with is is a better answer and I'll tell you why like not just because it's my solution like I don't I don't dislike your idea but I feel like the outline that I came up with invasion is still happening you don't have to people don't have to suddenly like relearn like oh when can I invade what am I doing you're going over and you're having to do something and that going over and doing something is 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 designed to be a pain point for the other team to try to mitigate you're creating this other layer of strategy that would be atrocious for solo players some dummy like goes and does the block oh we're gonna block the transport and you're like no now is not a good time to do that or if it costs moats and it's expensive you see what i'm saying but if invasion is still yeah i'm gonna go over and i'm gonna try and slow the other team down if that's the if that's the same basic premise but you go over and you have like an objective rather than just killing people i think that would kind of fit naturally into the existing lane of of gambit as opposed to you're coming up with another layer of strategy that could potentially just confuse people because again i don't know if solo players would that would be rough i think for solo players because you could have people completely ruining the experience by putting the, the the transporter blocker up too early or you know something like that so uh, next question. Is there a way to get the weapons without having to go into Gambit Prime? There doesn't seem to be a way to get the weapons, no. That seems to be the only way, and they're random drops. Uh, Ginger 300. Bungie said you can get Prime weapons from Reckoning. Uh, do you think that this will be more likely in the higher? I hope so. I really do hope so. If that's true, then I, I, I'll be a happy camper. I don't, I just, I don't like the way they've set up the grind right now to a certain extent. I love the intentionality with I love the intentionality with the grind for the armor pieces. You can just be in Reckoning, going through your synths, 
over and over and over again, but there's zero player agency for the weapons, and that's jarring after what we had in Black Armory. Cabal. Uh, would it be a good idea to add new perks to the game with the Season of the Drifter to all the weapons, as well as the new? I, I want to see the old NPCs and loot re, you know, re, rejuvenated, but I think they're saving that for later stuff. It's Rondo. Bungie is moving in a right direction for the pinnacle weapons for comp PvP. The SMG only requires Fabled, uh, but they should have done it as a simple PvP pinnacle weapon uh, and a hard PvP pinnacle weapon. I think if Luna Quest would have been like the current SMG quest, the heart of the quest, it was not forgotten. Bungie should have made a better SMG than the current one with a quest similar to Luna, but requires a rank not forgotten. Please, please don't do this with questions. You've just created like this big convoluted thought out idea and you just want me to say if I agree with you. That's not really a question. Like, I don't really grasp what you're saying. It sounds like you wanted there to be two weapons, one that's really hard and one that's not as hard. I, look, th- this is the way they've set it up up to this point. You have a pinnacle PvE weapon, pinnacle gambit, and then there's a pinnacle crucible. And the pinnacle crucible weapon is one that requires you to go into the harder environments. Now, the fact that they made losses, I, I think in comp, didn't they make losses give less points? I feel like one of the reasons that people are probably going to not enjoy comp right now is it's going to feel like... It's going to feel like there's just no casuals in the mix because casuals know that they lose more often and now they're getting less XP. So I get where you're coming from, I think, where you kind of want like it to be a little bit staggered because it probably feels like it's going to be really hard to get it. Um, but that's kind of the way pinnacle weapons are supposed to be. Uh, they're supposed to take you into the toughest environments and be the long grind. It's not supposed to be something... Um, it's not supposed to be something that takes... Like an afternoon. I know you watch the hardcore players do it in the afternoon. I think that sets a bad expectation for like, well, I'm never gonna get it because I'm, you know, I'm not as good as them. Um, it's not less XP. If you lose in comp, you lose rank. I thought they made losing worse in comp. Didn't they do something to make it worse? Maybe it's that you, when you lose in comp, do you lose more rank now? Is that what they did? I swore I saw that losing was worse in comp now than it was before. I swore I saw that. Maybe I misread what somebody said. Um, Milo went AFK on us, so we failed. Uh, Krizik says, What do you think that swords uh, and the new Titan Exotic will be viable? I have no idea, dude. It sounds interesting, but it seems like something that'll be kind of gimmicky and not all that influential. Losing is worse, winning is better. Okay, so you do lose more. Okay, I, I'm sorry, I misrepresented it. I didn't mean to do that. It is more punishing to lose now, though, than it was before. And that was the point that I was trying to make. That may drive casuals away. Um, how to gear up fast? I, there's not a there's not a silver bullet, man. Just play. Uh, Jedi Pizza Man. Do you have any clue why it takes three months to update the sandbox in Destiny when Fortnite has sandbox every week? Uh, the engine's different, so Fortnite does things server-side. Fortnite also is in the Unreal Engine. It's more agile. It's easier for them to make quick changes. Uh, Fortnite also doesn't have to pay for recertification because they are in an early access uh, phase, and so they don't have to pay Xbox and PlayStation for the uh, certification for updates, and Bungie does. Now, I'm not saying Bungie's penny-pinching, but a lot of companies don't do fast updates because number one, the engine either doesn't allow it, or certification is 
is is a part of the equation. If they're doing them every week, that's costing money every single week, and Fortnite doesn't have to pay. Epic doesn't have to pay those fees uh, because they are in early, quote unquote, early access. They're always going to stay in early access. It's just going to be this perpetual status because it enables them to kind of get. It's like it's basically like a loophole, essentially. Steamboat Willie, I wonder your opinion on the mentality of players whose initial reaction to new content in the game is to try and find a way to break it. Do you think it's more helpful to have those seek seek to identify issues or fast tracks are more harmful? Well, I mean, here's the thing. Like, I know this is this is touching down on some things we've talked about a lot lately with Anthem, bans, and exploits and stuff. And, you know, one of the Destiny community members that we all know, Glad, is, is like, his content is kind of centered around this kind of thing, right? He finds out that the 1K Voices does a 25% buff to all weapons. Uh, he does everything he can to maximize damage in Gambit Prime, and then they learn that there's an actual health gate on stack one. I think that's a valuable, right? Now the, di- the the difference is is that in Bungie's case Bungie doesn't care when you find and do those things. So if 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 Redeem starts doing, you know, wild stuff with the 25% buff and they start baking bosses just to see how fast they can do it, like how fast can we bake a boss with sidearms or something because of the 25% buff? Who knows what they're going to come up with? Like they're always they're always coming up with 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 things to do that are, you know, creative like that, okay? Bungie doesn't really care. Anthem is in a different scenario. So like I don't always I'm never going I'm not always going to take the line of like don't break the game, don't break the game. The reason it was a problem in Anthem was because that breaks the player experience. Players that are just trying to boot up, matchmake, and do a contract, do a mission, uh, do a story mission, do a stronghold, it, it causes problems. Especially considering that Anthem is about to add legendary story missions. And some of the some of the farms that people were doing, the farm that Mtash and Glad were doing for like that entire day, was this was the one story mission Ursix farm. So if they launch these legendary missions and every time you get match made, you're getting matched with some doucher that just keeps backing out and trying to brute force a glitch because he read something on Reddit or sorry. YouTube video that hurts your experience. They're not hurting anybody's experience by saying, "Uh, hey, this is glitch, this is bug. Oh, hey, there's a health gate on phase 1." Do you see the difference? Like there's 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 not this there's not this player experiential degradation effect that happens. Anthem's just completely and utterly different because of how they've set their game up structurally that you boot up and if you pick a contract, mission, stronghold or free play it's like here we're gonna throw you in with people and those exploits and those glitches and those bugs spread and it damages the player experience it also causes instability in the game and the servers for folks because people are backing out and reconnecting backing out and reconnecting and the game's not designed to have a bunch of people doing that a few people an hour or you know every 10 or 15 minutes doing that because of connection problems disconnects or whatever that's one thing but like if a bunch of people start doing that and it spreads you're there's servers and their infrastructure aren't built up to have people brute force quit, brute force quit, brute force quit, reconnect, reconnect, reconnect. It's just, it's, it's not meant to be that way. I actually, in Destiny, appreciate when these guys find these things, because it does a couple of things. It might highlight problems, it might highlight, it might highlight glitches and bugs, it might highlight things that are, you know, kind of silly or frustrating, like health gating on the first phase, 
could we get some mentality behind that? I think I know the mentality behind it, but it'd be cool to have Bungie speak to that. Hey, uh, the Redeem boys figured out that the uh, Phase 1 in Gambit Prime, there's a health gate. Um, that's educational for the player base, by the way, so you don't waste all your blood treasure and supers on that, because you're like, what the frick? I just used Celestial Nighthawk. I threw my super away. You gotta be kidding me. You know what I mean? And it might give Bungie the opportunity to speak to the community about their philosophy for game design and Gambit and why they made that decision, and maybe do something to educate the player that it's gonna happen. I don't know. Like, I, Learning that kind of by mistake is... I, I don't think that's... <laughs> That's the way you want the players to feel, um, you know. Like, oh wow, we just wasted all of our stuff and had a had a bad go because we didn't know this was a mechanic. So that's that's that is that's that's why my attitude about exploits and bugs and glitches is going to be a little bit different if I'm talking about Destiny and if I'm talking about Anthem, and that's because I think they're very very different structurally and how people experience it. Uh, Scott the Dude Scott the Dude says I got, uh, Lone, I get your points about invasions but I felt that during the primeval fights invasion feels more of the risk reward gambit than it's supposed to be. Interested in your thoughts? Um, no, because it's not a threat. There's literally no threat. In Gambit Prime, invasion during the boss fight is a gnat and you're trying to eat your dinner. It's literally like oh, he's invading? Get out of here. Go on, shoo, shoo. All right, let's get back to what we're doing. That is, li- that is literally what invasion is during the during the prime boss fight. It's just a, it's just a freaking nuisance. They're not, they can't slow you down. The fight's not been set up that way. I, I just fell off. The fight's not set up. It, it, it just, it isn't. You, you, you can eat. You can do one of two things. Okay, you can bum rush the envoys, which I think is a smarter strategy. You bum rush the envoys and get that stack. Why? Because stacks one, two, and maybe even three, you don't really need them. You're just trying to get to the next stack. That's all you're trying to do. You get to the next stack. So then when he invades, he doesn't have any power. He has no influence over the over the over the 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 flow of the match. No influence whatsoever over the flow of the match. If you secure stack number three and then he kills your entire team, it doesn't matter. If you're not baking, it just doesn't, it doesn't, it does not matter. It only matters if you're baking. If you're baking, it also doesn't matter for one simple reason, okay? You. I didn't get shots on the boss. Okay, it counted for Izanami. I was worried it wasn't going to count. Okay, no, it counted. Okay. If, if they know they're going to bake, like so, let's say they're about to get stack four, they basically just have to not kill the last envoy, wait till they're done duking it out with the invader, then they kill the last envoy, and they're free to melt with zero chance of interruption. In, it, it, that's why I said it's just so juxtaposed. It's like you go from invasion being the one of the most important things to it it being a nuisance, it doesn't matter, it's non-influential, it just completely swings into the realm of of doesn't matter. Now, it only matters for folks that don't get the strategy yet. Sure, if you're doing damage on stack 1 and 2, and you're getting a little bit of damage, and then it's getting taken away by invasion, sure, it has influence, but the meta will settle in. Like, ultimately, it doesn't influence, it doesn't, it doesn't change the flow of the fight at all. 
Francesco. Once the Gambit uh, Prime sets are leveled and optimized, specifically the collector where you don't lose moats, they just drop to the ground, you lose a percentage. Uh, that's, that's, that's a correction I have to make because I, I, I read that. You do lose some. Uh, won't Gambit Prime play different than it is now? Uh, maybe a little bit. Okay. Again, let's imagine, best case scenario, the guy invades and he kills your collector and your collector doesn't lose all of his modes, okay? He still lost some, it still slowed your team down, and you still potentially, not guaranteed, you still maybe lost some moats from two blockers being on the, uh, on the, on the bank. So you're still, you're still, the influence of invasion is still there getting some of your moats to, to, to fall on the ground, there's not a guarantee you're going to get them, because your teammates might not get to them. If he go, if he uses his super, then he can pick them up. Do you see? And again, it's 30 seconds, so if he comes in and gets a kill, it's a collector. There's, con- there's, there's a lot of things in the context of the fight that's going to actually have to make the collector's perk be a pushback to the influence of invasion. I still think invasion will be enormously like influential because your teammates will have to pick the moats up in order for that perk to matter. If they can't get to your moats because he's using them as bait, well, then he can get more kills. Maybe they can't get to your moats because they're too far away. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he gets the moats. (laughs) I don't know if they drop on the ground for the invader, but don't you see that it's not... It could. It could. I know a lot of people think I'm being like Debbie Downer Nancy Naysayer, but I I think at at, at 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 a ground level... I, I just think invasion is so influential. I don't see it's hard for me to envision a couple of perks really turning the tide. Um, I just it's it's difficult for me to think that's going to happen. I picked up moats as an invader before, right? But um, but when you die, you don't drop moats in classic gambit. This is a new thing. When you die now, you will drop moats on the ground. And this is, again, this is a suggestion. This suggestion of dropping some of your moats on the ground is right out of one of my videos. I said, maybe it wouldn't be so painful if you dropped, like, half of your moats on your ground, and then your team could pick them up. That is an actual suggestion that I made in a previous video. Um, but I'm wrong for usual. The So the, the nature of that in that situation would be, hey... If you uh, if you go and get them, it, it'll it'll help. But again, you're hoping that they can, you know. I I don't know. I don't. I, I just if if it does change the flow and the game changes a lot and it gets super cool again, I'm gonna go back to what I said just a little bit ago. If the if the perks themselves become heavily influential, then people that don't have the armor will be at an enormous disadvantage which means solo queuing and getting matched with people that don't have the armor will be an absolute nightmare uh (laughs) so i don't know it it could it could again as i said earlier it could just add snow to the snowball the more snow you put on that snowball the harder it's going to be for people to feel like there's any there's any recourse for them to take in a a bad match or in any match really and they're going to feel like this is futile and this is a fruitless endeavor i'm out of here so they're putting a lot of chips on this they're gambling a lot they're putting a lot on gambit i hope the community responds positively i hope bungie 
is listening to what I'm saying as well as anybody else on Reddit, and if I'm way off base, then ignore me. Just ignore me. But I got some feathers in my cap. Okay? I've got some feathers in my cap. Virtually all of the things that I brought up in previous videos about Gambit, they attempted to meet those pain points in Gambit Prime. Moving around, shielding the boss, adding that mechanic. They they did all that, right? Randomization of the of the uh, of the person who who comes over, right? That, th- these are all things that I said. So I haven't been off the mark with Gambit prior to now. I've, I've I've apparently been on the mark because they made these changes right in line with suggestions I've said. So I don't think I'm suddenly like falling off the rails and not making points that are valid just out of nowhere. Because up to this point a lot of the things I've said are now implemented. Again, I'm not taking credit. People always try and twist my words. I'm not taking credit. I am merely saying, I think I'm representing the sentimentality of the player because Bungie made those changes. So even if it's not me particularly, if I'm voicing that and the community's voicing that and there's agreement and Bungie makes those changes, that's a feather in my cap. Like, I'm, I've got something right. Uh, what were some of the other things I said? I talked about there being different roles. Remember when we said how there's four lights on the ground? What if each person stands on a light and that's the role that you play and you get different things and different buffs and different abilities according to the, the light that you stand on? The four different roles was, again, another idea that I put out there. I'm not taking credit. I'm merely saying that when I looked at Gambit, saw pain points and saw problems and made suggestions, virtually all of those suggestions are in Gambit Prime. So when I, again, pinpoint what I believe are significant pain points in the design of the game, I I, I have a good track record uh, up to this point, so I don't think I'm just shooting from the hip. Uh, Stan Stan Zavarog, do you think that uh, weapon synths are a good idea? New cool weapons... Uh, are the main reason I play and the drop rate. Yeah, no, 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 I've addressed this. There's no agency for uh, for loot pursuit right now, for guns. There's not enough agency and control. Ada's bounties are one of the best things they've ever come up with. And we need more of that player intentionality. In Flames says, how do you feel about the huge influx of new Eververse items? However, the lack of vendor refresh and the lack of new weapons. They're a self-publishing company and they need revenue. It's that simple. I don't care. I think they should do it. I hope it's winsome. I hope it generates money. Um, and I know people are like, hey, a bungee apologist in defaming microtransactions. Yes, in the midst of an entire talk of where I, I'm lambasting and filleting their game mode and saying it's poorly designed, I'm a bungee apologist. Uh, <laughs> get a clue. The... I think the microtransactions are needed. And I think that they're I think they're fine. They're tasteful. They're pure vanity. There's nothing, there's no benefit, there's no currency benefit, there's no leveling benefit. They are pure vanity and I think it's needed for a self-publishing company. They have to be allowed to do that. If you don't leave room for them to do that, then you apparently want them to make all their money, I guess, from what? DLC? Yeah, good luck with that. You don't understand the industry if you think that's enough money for a company bungee size to be solvent and and profitable, okay? So read some articles, read Jason Schreier's book, educate yourself on the industry before you start saying that microtransactions are predatory if it's a self-publishing game. And a lot of people are going to have to eat their words. They're going to have to eat their words because they defend this type of stuff in other games because they're like, well, it's a self-publishing game or it's a free game. Well, Bungie's now self-publishing. So a lot of people are going to have to dial back the hate on microtransactions because it's a needed revenue stream. 
or what the frick where's the dadgum money going to come from they how are they going to pay their 800 plus employees and their production costs to keep giving you content and ant made it why do you think Bungie is starting to do these nerfs and buffs they used to do in D1? I mean, like, huge nerfing into the ground, uh, something strong. Huge buffs constantly change the meta. Uh, it's better than having a balanced TTK, but still. I'm going to have to rein myself in here because I am very, very annoyed with what they did uh, This with Season of the Drifter. Uh, like, very annoyed. Not happy. Lono is grumpy. I know I get grumpy a lot, but, like, I ranted about it this morning. I'm going to do a whole talk about this. That's why I don't want to spend too much time on it. Um, the reality is, is that they have made, they have made pivots and, and changes so close together that it's disorienting and doesn't make any freaking sense. They literally just updated the lower tier super. Okay. The lower t- the, the, the bottom, the bottom attunement on the striker and said, in their update that it would be something that you could make last for a long long time if done properly okay their words not mine if 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 the right if done if done right if handled right then you could do it for a really really long time okay <laughs> and uh <laughs> and uh it took one patch for them to be like yeah people could do it infinitely so we're taking it away I don't understand. You just said that that would be the result, that people would be able to potentially do it almost infinitely if handled properly, but then you're using that as the reason to nerf it. Who the frick is in charge? What? What? You you did the change and said, if done properly, you can make this last almost infinitely, and then you use that as the reason to nerf it. I don't understand. You knew that that was going to be the result. You promoted that that would be the result. It makes no sense. The change to Whisper. What? Why? Why? It doesn't make any sense. The Whisper is still just as strong, but they've relegated it to a, 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 a heavy weapon that you sit on your hands now. It's it's a sit on your hand situation. You just sit on your hands, don't use it, only use it for boss damage. Another boring execution. They did it to shards. Shards of Galanor makes Blade Barrage a sit on your hand super. Don't use it on trash ads. Use it on trash ads. You're not going to get nearly as much super back now. Use it on a yellow bar or a boss. It's a sit on your hand super now. And they've changed Whisper in the exact same freaking way. I ran Scourge of the Past earlier. All my agency and choice is squashed now. I don't have the ammo to engage in that fight in the way that I used to. I used to use Whisper on the shields on his back. I'd use it on the snipers. Why? Because I had ammo to play with instead i'm like yeah i can't use my whisper i have nine bullets so i guess i'll use another sniper it's it's mind-blowing that they go from saying they're done nerfing stuff to nerf don't even get me started on machine guns dude don't even get me started on machine guns machine guns land on the game are praised by the community celebrated by the community Everyone's excited, right? Hey, look, we finally have heavies that are legendary that aren't crap, so we can use exotics in other slots because up until the machine guns showed up in the game, if you ran a heavy, it was probably an exotic. Here comes here comes on a steed to rescue us. 
machine guns. Woo! Yes! Thank you, Bungie! Oh, you like that? Sorry. It's weaker against orange bars and bosses now, and we lowered the, the lo- we lowered the ammo. Why? It doesn't- What? It doesn't make any sense! You brought him into the game, it was a fix to an existing problem, and then you chop him down. It, oh my gosh, that video is going to be fire and brimstone, dude. It's going to be fire and brimstone. Nobody can defend these nerfs. They're indefensible. They're, they're illogical. They're stupid. They're fun ruining. Make rockets better. Make grenades better. Stop breaking the train so that we play with the blocks. Quit it. Knock it off! I was loving machine guns! Hey, guess what? I said today, grenade launchers are actually really fun. They're stronger. They have spike grenades. They're really nice. But I don't want to feel coerced into this decision. I want to make this decision on my own. Let me make this decision on my own. Don't make machine guns weaker so that I come over here and this feels stronger. Then I don't feel like it's my decision. I feel like you've cornered me into it. Player agency and decision making just none. We made the other things weaker. They're not as good anymore. And even if people want to push back, like, well, we ran the numbers and it's not that big of a deal. Player perception. You're breaking my train because you would like me to play with the blocks. Knock it off. Make these other weapons better. They did. They made grenade launchers better. Warcliffe coil is godlike now. I'm going to do some experimentation with using like a regular rocket launcher. I still think only having one rocket in the chamber is going to make me hate it because it's just the reload aspect is going to be frustrating. But grenade launchers and Warcliffe feel really, really nice. But they just, they, 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 they crapped on Sleeper too. Nobody was even using Sleeper anymore. That's my baby. That's my Sleeper. Why? Why did you nerf Sleeper? Oh. oh, I hate it. I hate the nerfs. I feel like, I feel like I'm having deja vu. It's it's one of my earliest videos on YouTube, ranting about them nerfing the Soros regime before I could get it. <laughs> I'm still mad about that. Like, they quit nerfing stuff and it wasn't needed I can what they did to whisper what they did to sleeper what they did to machine guns I just made a bunch of arguments against why that's just not the right approach even what they did the cluster bombs on rockets is stupid and there could have been a better solution stop I swear stop breaking the train so I play with the blocks it makes my head hurt it makes my head hurt Alex Mike, do you think removing the Slayer buff would help? There isn't much of a need for it now that the boss has a shield mechanic. Well, it without the Slayer buff, homie, you're, what? Oh my gosh, you're just gonna it, it, the, the game will never end. Yeah, we did some damage. Oh, a couple of us died. Healed. Yeah, good damage cycle, guys. Nice. Oh, we got he came over and he got us with the super. Oh, and he heals. You can't just get rid of the Slayer buff. <laughs> you would literally be in like a locked, like a locked down fight forever, be like a forty-five minute fight. <laughs> you know, uh, you want to break your controller. You need the Slayer buff, definitely. Because if not, then, well, then the invader can't heal him. Well, then what's the invader doing other than he just killing people and being annoying? You know. And, and one more word about nerfs. One more word. I'm going to say one more thing. You, 
You told us you were done nerfing things. You promised! You told us that you weren't going to be nerfing things anymore. <gasps> Bungie! <laughs> they told us! <sighs> Michael Jr. In other news, have you seen the craziness regarding Five of Swords 100k Nightfalls? To get a three times multiplier, you have to power handicap 123. It's absolutely insane. Let me read you a tweet. Uh, this isn't gonna, this probably won't help. No, this will probably help people that listen to the episode because the episode will go live tomorrow on YouTube and all the stuff. So, this is gonna help you a little bit with Nightfall. Okay, we got 149k. We had 149k Nightfall and it was actually very, very manageable. Okay, we did Strange Terrain. Okay, write this down. Get a pen and paper. Write this down. Okay, you're gonna need this for later. There's gonna be a quiz. Strange Terrain, Arc Burn, Match Game, Momentum, Famine with a 112 handicap. Okay, that got us to like a three times multiplier. Now that because you've got Arc Burn on, put the Cold Heart on and buckle the frick up. It's really, really fun. Cold Heart is super strong. On top of the Arc Burn, it's very strong. If you don't want to use a Cold Heart, use a Warcliff. We got 149k, easy breezy, beautiful cover girl. Not hard at all. It was super easy. So, strange terrain, arc burn, match game, momentum, famine, 112 handicap. And then since arc burn is on, use the cold heart or the ward cliff. There you go. You'll get your. It, it is glitch. Something's wrong. Uh, there is something going on. Um, but that 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 was that was very very easy for us to handle i used the cold heart and then i threw on my acantha d because it was arc because you might be like oh no but lono match game you actually don't need any void you need no void there's almost no void shields so just build yourself for solar and arc for the shields because a match game and you'll be totally fine honestly with cold heart and arc burn you don't even need you don't even need solar for the solar shields it's freaking stupid like i was melting the, the 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 big tough guys i was ripping through their shield like it was freaking nothing um oh i think i'm supposed to be doing uh public events with black armory stuff equipped um but i, I can't i'm not getting credit for being as a part of this oh there we go do 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 so next question do you think the moat drain is a great addition Mode drain could be a step in the right direction. Okay, it could be a step in the right direction if, okay, if they go more toward the route of what I've been saying. Like, do make it a chess game. Make it a chess game. Make it a back and forth. Like, right now, the problem with moat drain is again, it puts more snow on the snowball. Like, they're. <laughs> they're running away with it because they have a good invade, and that invade also pulls pulls moats from you because you can't you're, you're dead and because you're dead you like that's the end of the matter now you're losing moats too it's just it's more moats it's uh it's more snow on the snowball so a really good invade sets you back big time it sets you back even more because you're not just losing the moats that you had you're losing the moats that you banked it's it's a it is a it is the literal definition of a double whammy and not the K-Goth kind, okay? And this ain't fun dad double whammy. This is a bad double whammy, okay? <laughs> uh, soured Outlook. Bungie said we would see Gambit evolve. Uh, do you think tier 2 and 3 perks would tap down the efficacy of Invasion? Okay, here's the thing. Again, 
I've, I'm going to say this quickly and move on because I've kind of made this point a lot. If it evolves to the point that it becomes very contingent upon you having those abilities, that will compound the problem because really good teams with all the armor will completely obliterate anybody else. Now, that doesn't mean that like, oh, we need to cater to the casuals and cater to the solo player, but it's going to make a lot of these problems probably worse. It'll probably make them worse. It'll probably put more snow on the snowball. I'm speculating. I'm speculating. But that's what I think is probably going to happen. Uh, Andrew Gatlin with a Prime sub. Thank you. Um, how many more of these do I need to do? I need to do two more bounties. I need to do a heroic story mission. I need to harvest 15 resources. Or a patrol and adventure with black army equipped. So I'm going to do the harvest and, patro- and and do patrols. That'll be pretty, pretty easy. Let me make sure I have it. Let me get an EDZ ghost. Oh, I have an EDZ. Wait. I don't understand. I'm not seeing the... I'm not seeing the materials that easy. Oh, that's probably not the right thing. I don't think scanner is the right thing. That's additional faction consumables. Um, combo detector is what we want. There we go. Uh, next question. Uh, Ant made it. What do you think of the flow of content right now? To me, it feels lackluster, like filler until the next big expansion. I love Destiny, but I don't know. Uh, there's more content coming from Joker's Wild, but I feel once I get to 640 from bounties, what do I do? Okay, so here's the thing. It is by definition filler, so I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if we're actually criticizing the content when we say it just feels like filler. I mean, yeah, that's kind of how it's been designed. It's meant to be filler. It's not meant to be enormously substantive. It's meant to be rhythmic drip feed content. So you're basically saying this kind of feels like drip feed content. Well, yeah, yeah, it does. It, this kind of just feels like a strike. It is a strike. What are you talking about? Does that make sense? You're just describing the content. That doesn't mean it's a negative. Now it might be a negative because it's narrow. It's all related to Gambit Prime, and that that that's risky, right? If you don't like Gambit Prime, then then who cares um, about the content? Uh, but again, that's not necessarily saying it's bad content. We're just saying it's narrow and runs the risk of being unappealing. That doesn't mean it's bad. I actually think the rhythm's quite good. You like logistically on paper, I think the rhythm's quite good. You have bounties to earn synths that take you out into the world. I have some right now. Okay, you have these. Um, they expired frick uh there were bounties there were bounties there's daily bounties that uh when you do them will give you uh sins and you do those sins and you can go into reckoning do those sins to get armor you can go and run gambit and you get the sense and you can have a chance at you know guns the guns don't seem to drop all that often uh inside of gambit but that's a chance okay and then there's gonna be quests there's gonna be exotics like logistically i actually think the rhythm is just fine the issue is not the rhythm. The issue is the offering. The offering is narrow. So if you find Gambit Prime really unappealing, the rhythm's a bit of a help with that. It's a bit of a backstop because it can be like, well, you run one or two Prime you know, games and then you'll have a bunch of synths and then you can go hang out in the Reckoning for a pretty long time. What if I don't like the Reckoning? I mean, I don't know what to tell you. The Reckoning is basically a microcosm of Destiny content. It's kill the ads, maintain the mechanic, and then kill a boss. I actually find Reckoning to be really fun, and I hope Tiers 2 and 3 actually, you know, add quite a bit. Um, and And I hope it adds some volitional farming. I want to be able to say, I'd like to get this auto rifle, and then just be able to grind like crazy for it the way we did with the forges. Um, I think that would be a good decision. 
Uh, so I think the rhythm is fine. I think the rhythm is fine. I think the offering of content is very risky, and we'll just have to watch the player base numbers to see if Bungie put all their chips on red. You know, did the roulette table spin up and show red, or did it come up black, or you know what I mean? Like, they put a lot of chips on this, a lot, and we'll just have to wait and see. Nasserl Lamp, how do you feel about the Thorn Quest step? Surprise, not one contained in a game match. You already submitted this question. We already answered it. I think it's fine. I don't really care. Uh, exotic quests are generally not too difficult for folks to brute force and get done pretty quickly. Uh, originally, it was going to be like really involved. Like it got data mined. It was going to be like kill this many warlocks and kill this many hunters and stuff. And now it's like apparently very easy to do and it's all PVE um, maybe they they didn't want to do something that made people feel like oh again you just did this with the last word again another exotic weapon again where I have to go into PvP uh, that might have been why uh, soured outlook would a perk that gives your team a buff for killing the invader give a nice interplay to the game mode this is a sloppy Invade would cost the opposing team instead of just being an opportunity to free the lead. I mean, I don't know because this isn't necessarily changing the the potential influence of invading. You're just saying, well, you can get a buff and kill him faster. I mean, that doesn't mean that doesn't take away from a lot of the intrinsic automatic pain of an invasion. You can still lose from the drain. Uh, it's a huge distraction. You're not. You're not. Um, you're no longer farming for your own moats. Uh, if anybody dies, if anybody dies, you're going to lose those moats too. Um, I don't know. I just feel like at its core, you're trying to keep invasion the same, but help. you're trying to give people a way to mitigate the pain. I've continued to say the nature of invasion needs to change. The nature of invasion is just automatically super influential and that's the actual issue you're just saying well this will give people a chance to stop it okay and if they fail and if then they have good then they have a good invasion well then everything basically hinges on that first encounter nothing else really matters in the game you just you do that and then just apply the formula collect the moats keep going bank do another invasion then you summon you're in the lead zero threat because of we've talked about that with the boss fight how there's like zero threat from invasion like it, it just kill the envoys so you know Sazaruna a bit off topic pop the a bit off topic but in regards to your end card like share and subscribe do you mentally work down a mental list of what to mention or did you just get used to saying that uh, and you run that line on autopilot this is a weird question uh, basically I think I heard a youtuber say it a long time ago they were like make sure to like share and subscribe like they just kind of said it and I was like that's a really good summary of what I would like somebody to do now somebody gave me good feedback on my YouTube once they're like you need to say that at the beginning to re- kind of remind people to hey hit that like button hit that comment button I've been trying to do that too you're not supposed to put up videos on YouTube that are like hey I'm live on Twitch like you're not supposed to do that that's that's kind of a mistreatment of their platform and it's against their community guidelines so I basically schedule my YouTube videos to hit at like 8 a.m. Eastern I've been live for anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes when that happens and I have it hit the podcasts 
as well. iTunes, Anchor, Spotify. All the episodes hit at 8 o'clock in the morning. So anybody who's getting their phone out and being like, oh, new YouTube video, click, new podcast, click. They're all hearing me say, I might be live right now. I have these hit the feeds when I go live. Come on in and hang out with me. So I'm telling people that I'm probably live, but it's not a go live announcement. It's a, hey, if you enjoy my content, I'm probably doing this right now. Come on in and hang out. So it's a, the what I do with SNTR presents is multi-layered intentional and there's so many elements of what I'm doing that have purpose beyond even the conversation we're having right now the name SNTR presents the way I structure it the way I make it sounds the music that I use uh, the flow I consider the length of time the things that I say periodically telling the live audience hey if you guys are enjoying this content right now and I look at the camera if you're enjoying this content right now click the follow button that's the little heart button that's a free way to support what I do that way you don't miss these episodes you can be here when I do them there are like there are so many layers to what I'm doing to give the content multiple like so many purposes and those things are all not hurting each other i i'm not doing something that's hurting the audio only format i don't have alerts on right i do really quick thank yous for the alerts um it's a constant back and forth with chat so the live audience feels like there's this very very hot focused time where they get interaction with the streamer i'm basically doing everything i can to turn the volume nods up on value cranking the value for every single person who might engage with my content so if if i'm i'm doing that out of respect for them if you're gonna take the time to watch my stream or listen to my content i want you to walk away and be like that was well worth my time i really enjoyed that so that's just how i that's just how i have it structured the only thing i want next for sntr presents is an official sponsor thank you for listening to another episode of sntr presents this episode is sponsored by fill in the blank their product is you know there's a code below use the link to check out their awesome products in this episode we're going to be talking about fill in the blank because my content reach is 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 huge now my content reach is enormous not like i'm not like a giant streamer i'm not saying like i'm not trying to like brag about my content reach like i'm some big big giant streamer but my content reach is big i do this for two hours to over a thousand viewers on twitch that's a lot of that's a lot of folks coming in it hits YouTube, and my YouTube videos get anywhere from four or five thousand views to the upwards of twenty thousand views, and then it hits iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor. It hits all the audio, all the audio platforms as well. I'm averaging over a hundred listens per episode. Every episode is averaging over a hundred listens on audio version only. So it's hitting all these platforms. So now I'm just looking for an official sponsor to be like bro i'll put your product in front of people every single day and it's very quick it wouldn't it wouldn't be disruptive to the content at all it would probably be a product that i use so that's that's kind of an out of left field question but that's how i handle it (laughs) uh fwc guardian do you think reckoning is enough to hold pve players interest i like reckoning but the rewards uh being tied to gambit uh is is uh short circuits for me um here's the thing uh, if reckoning it would be perfect okay it would be perfect if they gave you intentional weapon farm if they give you intentional weapon farm then I think reckoning would really land as a it would really land as a fully orbed PVE offering because right now you're 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 right 
it 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 really does it's like well i don't care about gambit prime so i kind of don't care about the reckoning now if you like the way the armor looks it's worth it if the activity's fun you know the activity's fun and there's a part of me that's like it'd be really fun to get like a really really good armor set for collecting and really try and get the roles that i like so that when i go in and i do decide to play boom there you go like we're ready to rock and roll i've got a great loadout for it that's kind of rewarding but if you're just if you are if your interest in gambit prime is at a negative three it's it probably will be difficult for you to care about reckoning now that doesn't mean that they can't do more in the future for reckoning i just i'm worried that they're not going to i'm worried that reckoning will always feel very very linked to gambit prime um i would love for them to make reckoning multifaceted like let me buy a bounty from drifter like with ada and then i can just grind the frick out of reckoning to grind for the guns because if the guns are randomly dropping from gambit prime or you're only getting them from those like weekly bounties or whatever that's that's the problem with gambit right now traditional gambit i was on my way to my second infamy reset when i finally got a parcel of stardust and it was a crappy roll I just, that's awful. That's not how, like, I don't want to play. I played, I played Gambit that much. I was on my way to my second reset and I finally got a parcel of Stardust. That's terrible. That's not how it should be. If there's a Nightfall piece of gear that you want, if there's a raid piece of gear that you want, it seems way more intentional. Now, raid gear is not necessarily as intentional, but again, I, man, I just think Ada's bounties are just a huge value point for the player. It creates grind. It is the perfect marriage between player agency and RNG. Ada's bounties, that's what they are. There's RNG on the roll, but there's intentionality. You can weave the player through a variety of activities. Like, you can make us do a variety of things. It is the perfect marriage between player agency and RNG, and we need more of it. When you have too much RNG, it's deflating to the character, to the player. If you're basically grinding like a mad person week in, week out and playing Gambit Prime and you get the auto rifle like once, that's too much RNG. That's deflating to the player. That kills their motivation to keep on going. If there's too much player agency, then it's purely transactional and the the, the element of mystery and loot pursuit gets completely lost. So if you know, too much player agency is just a transaction of time, too much RNG is a fruitless endeavor. A good mixture of both is what we have in Ada's Bounties. Uh, Fireman says, I don't think invading can be removed entirely. How do you think uh, it it can be reworked to be improved? I've already answered this question about giving the invader, uh, he's he's invincible and he has a certain job to do and you can shoot him to slow him down and if time runs out, he fails. That is a, I think that is a better, a, a better potential pain point. Think about what that does too. You don't have to worry about nerfing guns. You don't have to worry about nerfing anything. It's literally just, okay, the punishment of getting slowed down is too extreme. Nobody's actually pulling it off. Or, uh, the punishment of getting slowed down is actually non-existent. It's really, really easy. Everybody's basically successfully invading, right? I think that would be the best way to do it. It would be something that you have to get good at, right? You'd have to get good at it, and other teams could, you know, they could ignore you. They could be like, it's not, he's only gonna, it's not gonna matter. We're too close to summoning. Just summon, just summon. They could just ignore you, depending on when you invade. 
Uh, Dritzis, hey Lono, do you think if the first invasion was on 50 motes, the flow of the game would be even better? I mean, <clears throat> no, because the same thing's gonna happen. You're moving the goalposts a little bit, but at the same time, imagine this, okay? They race to 50, they bank 50 before you, and then they invade. If they kill you and do exactly what they do at 25, they slow you down, you lose moats, your rhythm gets jacked up, guess what's going to happen? Your only response is to try to counter-invade if you can bank fast enough, recover enough, and bank fast enough. By the time you do that, they're probably going to have summoned their primeval, and you've basically lost the game at that point. Um... So th- this this wouldn't this wouldn't make it the problem better. It might even make it worse, honestly, because you'd be up against the wall as soon as you lose that first. In whoever gets to fifty, it would be the same. It would just be the same thing. Instead of a race to twenty five, be a race to fifty. So race to twenty five is serving the race to fifty, and then you get to fifty and get to double invade a lot. So what this would do is if it was if it was a race to 50, whoever got to 50 would get to summon first and then summoning first we already know summoning first right now with the way the boss is the boss fight's designed it's just it, whoever summons first is almost almost they're not guaranteed but they are almost guaranteed the win with the way the fight goes. Real life, what is the best way to level up your character right now? Uh, do the surge bounties to get to three six forty, and then just do milestones uh, and pray that you don't have bad RNG. I've had so many bad drops today. The leveling in this game is is bad. It just it's terrible. It doesn't it doesn't respect the player's time. You could you could hate Crucible and go into Crucible and play five matches and get something that literally doesn't increase your power level. I got four items in a row from milestones. Uh, and it was lower than the slot that it landed on. So I got like a mark and it was at 60. It was a 660 and I had a 662 mark. It does nothing for me. It, you're not respecting the time of the player. In an RPG, that is incredibly important. If I put in time, I get progress. Putting in time, putting in multiple hours and potentially making no progress is a terrible way to treat your player base. Thank you, Clay Talks, for the Prime sub. Tyler. I agree with you on the invading, ruining gambit, but I think maybe a quick fix is when you die from an invader, uh, you can be res with a 15-second respawn, but it doesn't add health to the boss. You can be oh, you can be dead with a 15-second respawn, but it doesn't add health to the boss. So the main pain point of dying would be that you're taken out of the fight for a long time. Yeah, I don't know. All these questions to me just come back to the simple fact that I just think invasion, the very nature of invasion needs change. You're not changing the nature of invasion. You're basically saying you're dead longer and it doesn't heal the boss. I don't know if that would do enough. I think that would just be, again, annoying because there'd be... Now, if he kills the whole team... Hang on a second. Let me think. Let me kind of process this. If he kills the whole team or half the team, that's a long time for those people to be out. They're not resible for 15 seconds. That's half the length of an envoy. I don't know. That might help. That might help. Because then you could navigate damage on the boss a little bit easier. You could do some damage on first and second stacks because there's no risk of losing it. And the invasion could cause pain. The invasion could allow people to catch up. If he goes over and has a really, really good run, that, you know, that timer on those, on those deaths... 
I don't know. You'd basically have to team wipe. The more I think about it, you'd have to team wipe because even one person can take care of the envoys pretty easily. It's harder, but I don't know if you'd you still might not slow down the other team. You still might not because like killing the envoys is just not that difficult. I soloed it a lot yesterday just because, especially if you run Skull of the Dire Ahamkara. They're going to nerf Skull. I promise you they will. It's fun and powerful, so it doesn't stand a chance with their current trend of nerfs. Um, King Guy 777 How do you suggest taking emphasis away from the first invade? We've talked a lot about that already. I've answered that question numerous times on how to change the nature of invasion so it's not so-so uh, influential. Um, yeah, so we need to go to the tower spend this ballistics log next question from it's Buddha time from someone who doesn't like gambit at all I feel left out this season from having anything besides the same old milestones I just wish they would have had other things that you don't have to do gambit first to play what do you think they could have done to make for people like me well a sharper divide okay a sharper divide between reckoning and gambit would have been a great choice okay think about it like this you get sins from Gambit, and then this thing creates a moat. Okay? What's wrong? What's wrong with going into Gambit with those moats, and in that first room where you see the Drifter, you slam the moat in, and then you play Gambit, and then you get an armor drop. Just take that entire system and just shove it into Gambit Prime, since, oh, I don't know, that's what the armor's for, and then Reckoning could be the intentional grind for the weapons the way that we do with the way that we have uh with ada like that i don't know that to me would have been a much better divide because then it's like i'm you know i don't really like gambit well you don't have to play you don't have to play gambit you know you completely ignore gambit gambit's got this internal grind for getting the you know the gear and the weapons and everything you don't get you don't got to do you don't got to touch Gambit prime if you don't want to the truth of the matter is the real truth of the matter is they set up they set the flow up and the logistical like nature of this content is set up in such a way so that you play gambit prime they want the funnel fill they want the funnel to be full um they want it to be full of people so if 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 you're giving people an out, right? If they're like, oh, you don't even have to do that, right? You, don't, you do not even have to go in there and, and, and touch Gambit Prime. That potentially hurts Gambit Prime because you're never putting a full funnel of people in. And if you're never putting a full funnel of people in, I, the, the, the risk there is that even the people that like it just can't seem to ever get any games going or whatever like the game could flop before it even gets out of the starting gate because you're basically making it really easy for a giant portion of the community to just ignore it like think about it like that right we know there's a ton of people who just go on patrol and they just love PVE and if you give them an out and they don't ever have to go into Gamut Prime I'm willing to admit this. I'm willing to admit this. There could be tons of people that love Gambit Prime and they got one over because they had to go play it. And they would have never known that if they were basically given plenty of reason to just ignore it. So I I understand their intentionality. I think if time... Okay, time is the true measure here. If over time... uh, If over time they determine that... uh, 
If over time they determine that people don't like the flow that much and they feel like they want to pivot, that's exactly what they could do. They could pivot the armor grind inside of Prime and they could pivot some type of of a bounty system and a gun system inside of Reckoning. They could do that in a couple weeks and say, okay, you know, a lot of people have tried Prime and Reckoning. There's definitely people that seem to like Reckoning more than Prime. We're going to give you ways to pursue things you know, if you really, really like Prime and you really want the armor, we've set it up in a way where you just stay in Prime. You can still go to, to go to Reckoning if you want to go there to grind for the armor, but you don't have to. You could stay in, uh, you could stay in Prime. Uh, that to me, uh, would be would be a good way of doing it. Now, is this sniper a kinetic? This powerful sniper frame. Is it a kinetic, or is it a is it an energy? Because that's going to determine what I do. It's an energy. No, it's arc. I guess it doesn't matter. I got the I got the the god roll on the auto rifle, so I might as well do the sniper. It doesn't matter, I guess. Then um, I'm going to pick it anyway. So I have to get. I think is it what is it? Multi kills with the sniper. Okay. Um, we're going to have to figure that one out. Usually, I think I go to uh, the Leviathan for this. Next question from Angry Texan says, what do you think they could do to change the flow of Gambit? Reduce invasions, change the boss mechanics? I would try what, again, this is tough because they'd have to completely reinvent invasion. I would try what I said first. Just try that. Leave everything as is. Because I, I just, I love what they did with the boss fight. I feel like there's layers of strategy there. You know, there's layers of strategy. What if, what if there was a, another layer of strategy? What if you killed the envoys in a certain way and then you could get like a scorch cannon or something and that added another layer to the potential damage or the potential strategy? It might be hard. Maybe it takes a little bit longer, but if you pull it off, you know, you get a, you get a scorch cannon or whatever, or you can spawn like SIVA bombs or something. So again, it just comes out of the strategy of the team to come up with what they think is the best plan of attack. But I would just try and retool invasion to be more about achieving achieving a, a certain goal that they can slow you down or stop you, and if you pull it off, it, it takes away stacks or something. Uh, Soundstream. Gambit Prime is not different from old Gambit. All will be perfect if they remove wall hack from invaders. Why that exists? They have buffs, wall hacks. If they want skill as invader, do it without wall hacks. I'm very disappointed in Gambit Prime. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this earlier. I mean, one of the reasons that they that one I mean, one of the reasons that the the feel and the flow of Gambit Gambit in general one of the reasons that everything comes to a screeching halt is because when someone invades, like, you can't move. You have to be smart. You have to stop what you're doing and wait. You have to, you have to basically just stop what you're doing and like, okay, wh- where is he? Where is he? So if they didn't have wall hacks, you could be maybe a little bit more brazen. You could be like, well, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. If he starts shooting at me, I'll slide and run out of the way and I'll do a call out and we'll try and kill him. Now, again, consider that he has he has heavy and he has an overshield, but all four people kind of have to stop dead in their tracks and like invaders here. Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. And now you're getting shot by ads or you had to stop what you're doing and you're looking around. And because he has wall hacks, he doesn't even have to try to find you. He knows where you are right away. So it's just like, oh, there's somebody there. Machine gun. Got him. Okay, there's a guy over here. Okay. 
Okay, there's a guy over here. Nobody can move. I'm just kind of waiting. All right, the two blockers are draining their bank. This is lovely. Oh, this guy stepped out. Dead. It's you. You put him into such a godlike position of power that it it the, again everything comes to a screeching halt. The minute an invader comes in, it's not just that he has an overshield. It's not just that he can come in with heavy. It's that wall hacks empower him to again just stop everything dead in its tracks by his by his mere presence Lee Zaffer with the new perks for Sentry and Invader etc do you think we'll see popular mixing gear sets for the first two perks on different sets like using Sentry and Reaper a combination I don't know it's really going to come down to whether or not you think that that final perk is worth it because the minute you mix and match you can't you can't get the final perk so on like Reaper, for example, getting grenade energy, you might look at that and be like, that's not worth it. But weakening HVTs is definitely worth it. So that's going to dictate like what you do. You know, you're going to, you're going to mix and match, but maybe not. Like, I don't know, mixing and matching on a collector. You might not want to mix and match on a collector. Why? Being able to send a 20 moat blocker might be massively influential. He might be really hard to kill. If he's hard to kill and you pair him with a little guy, I mean, the little guy could shield him and it could become a, a massive problem for draining moats. Cause it's like, we got to handle this. These two guys are pretty strong. Um, it really is going to come down to whether or not you think that final perk is worth it because you're going to be robbing yourself of that final perk if you're mixing and matching. The minute you mix and match, you can't get that final fourth perk. You can also use sins for extra bonuses. I didn't even think about that. Once you have your... Yeah, yeah, wow. I didn't even think about that. Once you have your full set, any sins you get, you're just going to consume. You're just going to consume the sins for those extra bonuses. We didn't even think about that. We didn't even think about that. Ah, okay. Uh, so is Reckoning the new Trials? Why? No, 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 no. Reckoning is tied to the Nine, but it has nothing to do with Trials. It's not the new Trials. Uh, it has nothing to do with it. It is not, uh, it's not even related. Like, in the lore, maybe, but even then, it's not, it has nothing really to do, uh, with it. So, uh, <laughs> no. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, let's see here. There we go. And then I'm just going to farm a thing. Uh, do you think there will be different boss mechanics on the other maps? By the way, love the channel and discussions. Well, thank you. I I don't know. There is a risk with complex mechanics. If it's too complex, nobody will understand it. Even right now, I'm seeing posts on Reddit about people that are just not killing the envoys. They don't, they don't get it. They're just like, well, what do I do? And they're like trying to shoot the boss. <laughs> so if it gets too complex, uh, it, it can be challenging and intense, but you have to, you, you, you have to do that without, um, without making it too complex. Like, you know, the thing in reckoning, how you have to get rapid kills. What if the, what if one of the bosses gets a shield and you take his shield down by getting rapid kills and there's just trash ads everywhere. You do that and you earn the stack, right? That could be that could be one of the mechanics of one of the bosses. I don't know. I'm just pure, I'm purely speculating here. That could be something that they do because again, that would change things up. That's not that hard. Just freaking kill ads. The main thing that's going to frustrate people is the fact that they put the Slayer stack on the ground on a, on an actual focal point, which means it's really easy for people to potentially net. I don't understand. I'm not getting any damage. If you 
are not standing on the Slayer buff, you do like no damage to the boss. <laughs> so I, you know, people are gonna have to figure that out. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's literally big red blocks telling you to go kill the envoys, and then it's a big blue star like, come stand here, dummy. I, if people don't catch on, I don't know how you help people that are that oblivious. If they're that oblivious, well, I mean, what can you do? If you know they're texting and on the phone with their mom, they're not really paying attention. Oh yeah, I'm just playing this game. game. It's stupid. I don't understand. I can't kill the boss. He's so strong, and they're ignoring the mechanics. There's nothing you can do. You can't save that person from their own ineptitude. Like even if you could put every UI thing in the game, and they would just sit there and, you know. There was a really funny video of these guys trying to use uh, a drink, like a thing where you put the drink in to get the drink, and it's clear that you're supposed to take the cup and push it against the thing, and water will come down. And they were poking fun at people that d- that don't understand simple UI. And the guy was pushing it with his hand and getting water on his hand. He wasn't understanding. Like he was trying to push the cup in, but then he would push the button with his finger over top of the cup, and then his finger would get all wet. And so then the guy, the guy, like another guy comes along to help him and he like does it the wrong way too. And he like has it like falling into the cup through another way or something. It's like he like pushes the button and it hits the water and then it goes in. It was really, really funny because that's essentially what can happen is if people just aren't paying attention, they will completely miss like basic things. And if there are players like that in the mix, you just have to trust that those players are not normative. Like there, there are there are those players in the mix. You're just gonna have those dum dums sometimes. And sometimes it's a kid. Sometimes it's somebody who's texting. Sometimes it's somebody who doesn't give a crap. They're just like, well, I don't care. I'm just shooting stuff. What? You know, they've been drinking. They've been they've been you know hitting a reefer. <laughs> that dates me a little bit. You know. They've been hitting the reef for a little bit, and they don't even, they're just like, shoot, shoot, yeah, man, this is intense. You're going to run into people like that every once in a while. I don't think that they're, they're, they're so, they're so prominent that it's going to be game ruining, but you have to consider the fact that, like, a lot of the player base is just not going to pick up on super complex, con- uh, super complex mechanics. Uh, the Kraz, what are wall hacks with a machine gun? I mean, if you have you not played Gambit before, if you invade, you get wall hacks. You can see through the wall. So if I'm if I'm invading, okay, and just as an example, I'm going to show you in here in the game. Let's say I'm the invader right now. Do you see how I can see those guys' names through the wall? The invader can see that. He can see the enemy. He knows where they are. So he gets out a machine gun and he does this. He's like, oh, he's right there. He just holds it. Okay, step out. And he, he just steps in and shoots because he knows where they are. That's why it's so strong. Like If somebody steps into the lane and they know where you are and they pre-fire a machine gun, you could have the aim of real crafty himself. You, you're, you're very unlikely to win that gunfight. People are like, oh, just team shot. Dude, we were trying that yesterday. And again, they know where you are. So they can position themselves to counter the team shot and kill one or two of you and then that's all they need to do so again first invade they don't need a ton of skill to have it go their way and even if they only kill one of you they still slowed you down significantly and you're behind at that point and if they slow you down enough if he invades and doesn't even do that much but just his presence slows you down they can sometimes double invade 
Because they, they, they basically invade, and while they're invading, the other team's blitzing to 50, they blitz to 50, they invade again, and now you're basically like, well, I, I, we, they're, they're about to, they're going to summon any moment, we still have an invader over. I mean, we've double invaded on people before. We've double invaded on people before, I know we have. Um, I'm like, where is the last one? There it is. Next question from Anthony Griggs. Uh, SNTR uh, is the... Oh, you're asking me. Is the Outlaw gear only dropped from Tier 2 because I have middling motes unlocked? Yeah, you can't do the next tier. The, the, there's there's going to be green, blue, and I'm assuming purple. So if you're making blue motes, you can't do anything with them right now. They're Tier 2, and Tier 2 Reckoning is not available. Scully, is there a way to see numbers for how many people play... Uh, after say one or two weeks, we can look at Destiny Tracker. Yes, I'm gonna look at Destiny Tracker throughout the week to see what sort of a surge of interest did we get. Because yesterday it's showing, you know, 560 PVE and 570 uh, Crucible, 560k thousand, 560,000. So we'll have to check tomorrow because I don't know when they refresh that. That could be the numbers for, you know, before or after. I don't know. Um. Uh, wall SNTR is so interesting presents it so interesting I'm late for work now sorry Sub-Zero <laughs> don't get in a wreck being late's uh, better than being dead uh, Wall says have we seen the new armor perks play into this yet no but when I look at them I don't think any of them will be influential enough to turn the tide of everything I've talked about I will gladly uh, be wrong I, I, I hope to be wrong and then it adds some sauce and it's very different again there's a giant risk with making them super influential. If they make them super influential when you don't have the perks, you're basically dead in the water. Um, so that is that is a risk. Uh, there's a risk in making them influential. I'm not saying don't make them influential. I'm saying if you make them influential, then you, <laughs> p- p- people won't win if they don't have the armor. And that will cause exodus. People will say, well, forget this crap. <clears throat> I'm trying to get the armor and I'm, I'm getting my face beat in because I don't have any. Think about it like this. Think about it like this. Adept weapons in trials had a marginal influence over the flow of trials. They weren't game changing. And I believe that's how these perks will land. They'll be marginally influential over an already existing flow and strategy. That's what I think. Ashen uh, Annihilator. With these nerfs, um, Bungie seemed to be taking outlier weapons that operate outside the bell curve like Whisper, High Rate of Fire Shotgun, Sleeper, and apparently LMGs, and ringing them in. Just what do you think of their idea of pinnacle weapon power is? Okay. You may be right from like a philosophical standpoint. They're like, well, these weapons are just outside the bell curve. Like, that's what I said when it came to High Rate of Fire Shotguns. You're kind of... You're kind of giving me a taste of my own medicine right now, okay? And you might be right. You might be right. Uh, I would argue, um, <laughs> I would argue that machine guns were not operating outside the bell curve. Whisper is still the highest, the probably the highest DPS boss weapon in the game, and they've not changed that. They've just made, they've just taken away player agency, right? The, the intention can be that, but the result is just player frustration. Whisper didn't need tons of ammo to be godlike against a boss. It still is. You're just irritated as a player because you're like, well, I can't use any of my ammo because I have nine shots, right? Machine guns. 
Really? Come on. Are we gonna are you gonna try and tell me that machine guns were that deadly against bosses when you have things like Whisper and Sleeper and in the mix? And and the nerf to Sleeper? No one was even no one's even really been using Sleeper that much. And Whisper still stands as the strongest boss DPS weapon in the game. So machine machine guns needed think about that from a oh my gosh think about this from a logical standpoint with me whisper is still unbelievably strong with whisper breathing and if you if you hit your shots it's unbelievably strong taking ammo away doesn't doesn't change the fact that that thing is dumb like it does so much damage in scourge for example so that's still way way up there machine guns aren't up there and they've now been lowered in how much damage they do to a boss so the reality is they've exacerbated the problem they've shoved whisper even further outside the bell curve because they've made the rest of the power weapons fall lower like i i don't know i could be wrong on that but if you look at like the how much ammo you can have for a grenade launcher how fast rocket launchers shoot there's literally no way whispers not still right where it was because it didn't have a damage nerf um Dado's video today mentioned that Whisper and Sleeper made much of the game trivial. Buffing everything to their level makes things trivial no matter the loadout. Nerfing makes things challenging. Dado is correct only if they don't allow us to take the game's power level to our power level. That is why difficulty spectrum is needed. Dado's right. Whisper on certain bosses is unbelievable but you st- it still is it-, it doesn't make the content trivial I just can't use my sniper rifle now when I'm running around Scourge is anything really difficult now because they did that? that would be my question for Dado. are any of the boss fights any less trivial? <laughs> no watch us melt bosses with Wardcliffe coil for frick's sake like what are you, t- what are you talking about? like the bosses already are trivial the only way to, to, to actually deal with this situation is to raise everything in power so it's awesome, continues to be awesome, and players continue to have fun, <gasps> the audacity, and then raise the power level of everything. Let me go into strikes, let me go into nightfalls, let me go into the public space and set the power to 700. Give me bounties as a reason to do that, and then you don't make the content trivial. I'm going to want that crazy damage output. There's literally no way anybody can argue right now that the bosses aren't still trivial. They're still a joke. The only thing that's not a joke is like the Scourge of the Past boss. It took us longer because I didn't have that player freedom and agency by having all those shots in my whisper. That that's You took away my freedom. You didn't take away our ability to do crazy damage on the boss. You just took away my freedom. I was frustrated. The fight wasn't harder. It, I was just I was just annoyed. We weren't we weren't suddenly dealing with like oh man this boss is so freaking difficult now. Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? I was like, well great, I'll just run another sniper. I'll save all my whisper ammo for the boss. Had we done that, people are just going to do that now, right? They'll just run two snipers, they'll save their whisper ammo for the boss, and they'll still bake the frick out of him. It's not changing. They ha- if that's their goal, they haven't achieved it. You still have it. You just have to be quick and accurate. You can take out the shields quickly and get the ammo back. It rewards accuracy now. 
but no one's going to do that light leap. They're just going to save their ammo and use a sniper. I could have very easily used a sniper. It wouldn't have changed my experience that much at all. I, I could have put on a sniper, and I could have used that sniper on his back and to stun him. I'd have had all my um, whisper ammo for the boss. We would have baked the snot out of him. Because if everyone's running whisper, and you use the, if you use the buffs correctly, we were messing up the buffs too. I mean, think about it, homie. We were messing up the buffs. I mean, if we would have messed up the buffs, we probably would have baked him in one, maybe two runs. They're not changing the trivial nature of bosses. That's what's so frustrating. Machine guns are now just weaker against bosses just because. Whisper's still God. So, <laughs> so it's like, well, player freedom gets hindered. Machine guns were celebrated, and now they're just weaker. It just doesn't... Their entire approach to the power, the power, the heavy slot is incredibly frustrating. They just continue to create more problems than they solve. And I don't, I don't understand, like, what, what are we eventually going to be doing then? Are you going to put us into content where we finally realize, like, oh, that's why they did all this? This is actually challenging because they weakened all of our, all of our loadouts? Like... That's not why content should be hard. That feels like making Last Wish hard through Delta. That doesn't feel like true difficulty. It feels like you're you're making us limp and seeing like, see how slow you're running? Well, yeah, you broke my freaking ankle. Of course I'm running slow. Like, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like the right pivots to me. KM Rays. Did I miss something with Season of the Drifter intro? No cutscene feels odd. Yeah, I'm not sure where the story is. I thought we were going to be learning more about the story and him and everything that's going on, and I feel like that that kind of hasn't happened yet. I don't know if they're if they've got other plans or something, but it it it, it I don't know. It did feel it comes later. People in chat are saying, "Okay, ascendance." What would you think about having the invader not having wall hacks, but an enhanced radar, so they know the direction of the team, but it's not exact, and in the boss fight, it wouldn't heal the boss but also not having primeval stacks. You can't get rid of stacks. We've established that. You're 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 getting at a pain point. I think there's a couple approaches to invasion. Getting rid of wall hacks is something that I think a lot of people think would help, but then you're saying we wouldn't want to make it too painful, so let's give you some enhanced radar. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Soured outlook. Um if res time was progressively longer as primeval slayer buff stacks, would this solve the ineffective nature of game invasion? It might. It might. Because there were numerous times I was just like, I threw my Nova. I knew that last envoy was going to die. She gets me stacked two or three. And everything the invader does from that point forward doesn't freaking matter. It's like that stack's going to last 30 seconds you're in here for another 20 seconds max you have zero influence on what we're doing right now just get the frick out of here go back to your side go leave you're pesky people are like why'd you just run at him and let him kill you i was like because that'll get him out of here faster i like he's not doing anything he's just getting a kill so he, i guess can pad his numbers like he's not doing anything no. so if you if you once people start to capture that they'll start to see that I don't care if he kills me. We just got our stack. We just got our second or third stack. We're not going to damage till four stack. Like they just summon their prime evil. Like we don't have to, we don't have anything to worry about at all. Like we'll just wait, summon our fourth. We won't kill the envoy. Cause we know once we kill the envoy, that's our fourth stack. We won't kill the envoy. And then once the, once the, once the invader's gone, well then we'll, then we'll bake. You know, we are still melting a prop boss that just freaking stands there. You know? 
Uh, Guaira says, what if the invaders could kill the other team's envoys too, denying stacks? Well, see, now you're cooking with gas. Like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, what if invading changed once the boss was out? Once the boss was out, you invade and you're invincible, but you're trying to kill the envoys before they can, thus denying them the opportunity to get a stack. I mean, that could be pretty frustrating. That could create opportunities for catch-up. That could create opportunities for a back-and-forth in the boss fight. Dude, they just killed our freaking envoy. Get over there and get one of their envoys, right? It could be good. They'd have to maybe do less damage to to the envoys, though. They seem really, really weak. It might be really, really easy to get over there and just and just Nova or Blade Barrage and Envoy, and then all of a sudden, like you denied them stacks on that run. You know, I don't know. I don't that that could create that could create very, very long fights, though. You don't want the boss fight to stretch into the absurdity. That would be a bit much. Um, uh, Mr. Dad, Mr. CPT Daddy uh, says, so based on the equation you have given, the two best points of invasion is the first and second chance before primeval. I asked this due to your equation showing if you need to get the prime first, because if you can stop those moats depositing towards their invade in primeval. This, your question's kind of poorly written, my man. I mean, basically, invade first to slow them down. Snowball, go to the next invade. Summon first. Bum rush the envoys. You won. That, that's all you have to do. That is all you have to do. Uh, Nullcorp. You talked about uh, Gambit mostly. Uh, you talked mostly about the Gambit Prime Stick. What about the Carrot? Any loot worth pursuing that you're excited about? There are really cool synergistic perks. There's a really cool auto rifle with synergistic perks. Uh, there's some new things that you can get. I think a lot of the guns look really, really cool. I want the guns, and that's why I, I kind of pinpointed one of the problems with how they've set this up is I don't have agency over getting the guns. I have agency over getting the armor. So that's a concern because we just we know with the nature of roles. I could I could literally grind for two to three weeks and get one auto rifle and it could be a garbage roll and if that happens then you're putting me you're like I feel like I'm in a hamster wheel I feel like I'm not achieving anything with my time like I said I was on my way to my second reset of infamy and I got my first parcel of stardust because I had zero agency over getting a parcel of stardust it's all RNG Again, you have to have a good mixture of player agency and RNG, or it feels completely fruitless. Uh, Ant made it. Now, if Gambit became a thing, uh, just, hang on, just with no invasion, but being able to have poisons, debuffs, buffs, would it cost modes to send across the other team or to your own team? Basically, you would have to decide whenever you get to certain, so it would be like this. Okay, there'd still be a race to 25, but at 25, somebody on your team would be allowed to pick what they want to do. Now, I know solo queue might hate this because like you'd get some guy that like doesn't know what he's doing. So you've got four banking positions on the uh, you have four banking positions on the bank. There's four buttons you can go up to. If you're the one that takes it over to 25 wherever you bank is what applies the, the buff or the debuff so at 25 there'd be four things to choose from 
maybe a damage buff for your team maybe a damage debuff for the other team maybe you could go to maybe you could summon a boss that if until he's killed they can't bank any of their modes right and both teams get to do this at 25 mind you they both get to like choose something to do to the other team and if you're not okay and think about it like this if they get to 25 first the things that you get to do change right the things that you get to do are different because you're now responding to what they did so you could be like oh well they sent over a boss okay let's do this thing this thing makes the boss uh, takes away half of his health right so now you're in the reactionary position but you can make a decision to minimize what they've done to you you can say yeah get this get this guy out of here let's take away half of his health or you could say, no, 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 what we want to do is we want to summon mini-bosses. Well, let's summon too many bosses It's a little bit easier for them to kill it, but because we were late, we don't get as good of a benefit. We'll send mini-bosses, and those mini-bosses will go over and slow them down. Like, if, if you're first or second, the things you could do would change because the team going second would be basically responding uh, as like a, oh, we're responding to what they're, you know, to what they're doing. Um... And again, I'm rattling these off the top of my head. Some of this stuff would have to be tweaked because cheesy strategies might emerge. Like, no, don't ever bank first, bank second. The stuff you can do second is better, right? There's all kind of things that could emerge from that that would be, you know, problematic. But, because, and again, because you know, I'm just rattling things off the top of my head. I might, I might be saying things that could be imbalanced. But the point would be, you're, you're choosing to act and react according to what the other team is doing, which would create a true back-and-forth tug-of-war chess match instead of what we have now, which generally feels like everything hinges on something that happens right away. And then once you're in the boss fight, it the fight's basically over if you don't summon first, because invading has is is inconsequential during the boss fight. Again, if the team knows how it works, not everybody's gonna know how it works, but metas catch on. I mean, come on, the race to 25 became the meta. Even in solo play against solo queue players, that meta emerged and became the dominant thing that people did. Um, so. Based on your occasion, what we say is best to dis- deposit for your blockers. I w- not we haven't really figured out what are the best blockers to send. Um, there could be better blockers than others, um, you know, to send over. So you'd have to kind of make that decision. You know, see about okay. You know, recommended power level is six fifty eight. So I, I this does seem to be. Um, I don't know why it's saying recommended power six 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 fifty eight. We'll have to see what my reward pops out as. Um, cause I was told Burguzia gives a bigger, powerful frame and we'll have to see if that's true. Cause we're about to get it. Uh, Pilocter says, uh, given that the game, uh, isn't quite there yet. Hang on. Okay. So we got the, yeah, it's a bigger jump. It's a six jump. If you do your powerful gun frames, I would strongly encourage you to do them in Burguzia because I did mine earlier and I did it in Gofanon and I got I got a ver- I got a one jump and I did it here and I got a six jump. So if you're doing your powerful, if you are doing your powerful weapon frames from Ada, I forge them in Burguzia because they give you a bigger jump uh, than the others. And we got an Outlaw Genesis extended mag. Um, 
Okay, given that the game isn't quite there yet, would having armor sets spice it up a bit? This is this has been a consistent piece of feedback. I don't know. It's my contention that no, I don't think any of the perks are going to be strong enough uh, to make uh, to make a difference. Uh, I just I just don't think so. Um, I, I I'm I'm open to being wrong about that. I am I am 100% open to being wrong about that, but. I am I am worried that it won't it, it just will not make uh, it isn't going to make a significant difference um, because of just what we know about just how influential uh, everything is um, it just it doesn't it doesn't when I look at those perks I don't see anything that's going to turn the tide I don't even see anything that I think will mitigate uh, I don't even see anything that I think is going to like mitigate power like oh well, if you do this it's really going to make a difference no, I'm just not seeing that. And again, I'm 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 100% open uh, to being wrong. Unfortunately, the armor piece she gave me, I really needed a helmet, and she gave me a mark, a helmet, uh, or even a pair of boots would have been really helpful. But she targeted at least she targeted something where I got some sort of a buff. Uh, King the Wonder. Do you know that once everyone gets the perks fully complete with the roll in their armor, everyone starts uh, to get that first perk on different roll, like the Reaper Invader Sentry? Okay, so basically when you put on a piece of gear, all right, right here, the Collector, I have Inheritance, Umbral Armor, Cashback, and High Yield Savings, okay? You get those in order, and it even says, requires Collector plus 3, plus 6, plus 10, plus 15. Plus 15 basically means you need four pieces... And each of those pieces, well, wait, you'd need five pieces to get that. Don't they, don't they only add three max? If you go to collections, you would need to wear all five pieces. That means you'd not be able to wear any exotics. Um, so you have to wear all five pieces. I think somebody had that backwards. Yeah, if you go to the highest rank, if you go to tier three gear, you get three. You'd have to wear all five pieces. Um... Or you could do the consumable. That's right. You could do a consumable. So let's say Skull of the Dire Ahamkara is really fast. So I would wear four pieces and that would take me to 12. Okay, four times three. And I'd use a consumable to bump me up to the high yield savings, which is I can carry up to 20 motes and I can summon a giant blocker. Okay. So you could do four and use a synth because Skull of the Dire Ahamkara is really freaking influential. The question you'd have to ask yourself is, is carrying 20 and banking 20 as influential as Skull of the Dire Ahamkara? I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. Even if they nerf it, Skull is insanely strong if used properly. I mean, you're talking just getting your super back. Um, They're going to nerf it because, again strong and fun things are getting nerfed so they're they're gonna nerf it um the so that's what you're doing is you're wearing the more pieces you wear the higher it goes but the more pieces you're wearing the higher tier those pieces are the more you get as well uh what do you think of any of the new gambit prime weapons hashtag lol i don't know why you put hashtag lol i, I think the synergies look good i think there's some cool things that you can get um and um, you know, I'm excited to try out uh, some of the weapons. The auto rifle seems like it could be one of the most fun of the group. Sergeant Sarcasm is bringing the Isnagi Burden shut down invaders uh, viable. I mean, if you run Izanagis, you've got to consider what you're doing. You're relegating your special ammo to literally that. So, like, you could decide that maybe invasion's really frustrating you, and you're going to run that. However. If you get to 25 first and invade first, you're wasting that slot. Like you don't, 
you're gonna be like well we keep invading first and winning Izanagi's isn't even getting used now if you're a solo player and you decide that you want to don yourself to be the invader shutdown Izanagi's could be the way that you do that but you have to understand something you're going to be automatically kind of weakening yourself against the the, the natural flow of combat you're not going to have a shotgun and since you don't have a shotgun or a fusion, like you're going to be in that in a lot of those fights where I pull my shotgun out, there's a lot of orange bars there's a lot of majors so, now Eugene's saying it does good damage against the boss, again you're hoping that the flow of combat doesn't get completely short circuited because you're hoping the team again we're thinking we're we're imagining a player who has a team that isn't confident about getting to 25 first maybe they're a weaker team maybe they struggle or maybe you're solo queuing okay you better hope that if you put on Izanagi's the rest of your team is picking up the slack because you're going to feel that pain point when you're running around and engaging with everybody with your freaking primary believe me you will feel it it's going to be very clear to you that you're weaker in the in in the basic combat flow because they are beefy the enemies in there are beefy and you're going to be using your primary it's there was a couple of times where i only had primary ammo and i'm telling you what it was freaking rough because basically you're going to be front loading your izanagi's you're going to be reloading it getting it ready for the invader and not using it so you're basically going to be using your primary on everything um Archangel Sticks. What if you took the wall hacks to improve them to be 7 second pulse? Yeah, a lot of people have suggested doing like a pulse thing for the wall hacks. It might help. It might help. Uh, Fanatic Freds. What about using Wish Ender uh, as sentry to kill the invader and blockers? What are your thoughts? I mean, Wish Ender could help. Um, and especially in the hands of an And I just got another milestone that doesn't help me. I, this, level, this leveling system is so irritating. Um... The Izanagi, uh, I'm sorry, not Izanagi, the Wish Ender could help uh, when put into the hands of a, of a sentry. That is true, because he could mark him and land him. I mean, honestly, that that's probably going to be the go-to for the sentry, is using Wish Ender. Because if they basically are able to see him, and hit him, and mark him... That is uh, more infusion fuel. I don't need infusion fuel. How many chest pieces do you think I wear? Like, I, I don't need infusion fuel. I, it's not even infusion fuel. I just dismantled it. I'm not going to use that because eventually I'm going to be getting drops that are above 662. Like, it's irrelevant. It's instantly irrelevant. It doesn't help me. Um, ashamed. So I could see that being a build. I could see a lot of people that really want to have their their team well rounded having a sentry running wish ender again. You just better hope that person can in, can engage in normal combat with the wish ender and not feel very very handicapped. Ashamed is Gambit Prime the future of Destiny leaving Crucible in the dust? A lot of people have speculated that's happening. I don't know. I don't know about that. I, I think it's unlikely. It's possible. I think it's possible they may decide that, Ga- that Crucible is just too much trouble, but I think it's unlikely given Bungie's history and given the community. Um, D, uh, Denovantrix, just tuned in, so I don't know if this was asked yet. What's your opinion on the new exotic armor and weapons? I'm not going to do that right now. There's too many pieces. I- I'd have to do maybe a specific talk about the exotic armor. Some of it looked cool. Nothing blew my hair back, though. The the the, the A kinetic weapon... Linear fusion, or I think is what it is. It breaks the shield and then gives increased kinetic damage. I don't know how many times you're really going to feel the need to run an exotic weapon to deal with shielded enemies. That seems kind of weird. Um, 
Sentry won't engage in normal combat. His sole job would be to kill blockers and invaders. Right, so to have a well-rounded team, yeah, he would be your bank. He would be the guy sitting on the bank. Now again, now again, keep in mind, that's going to likely be somebody who's playing with an organized team, and an organized team isn't hardly ever going to deal with losing the race to 25, don't you see? If you make yourself a sentry, and you give yourself the wish ender, and that's your goal, you better hope to frick that your team that you get paired with centers around that identity. Like, I just... If the, the 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 well-polished teams, the organized teams, I don't see them very. I don't see them dealing with the race to twenty-five problem nearly as much as basically everybody else. Which goes back to the main point: if you're going in and playing solo, expect to have a huge disadvantage. I think the disadvantage is very very pronounced because you need one good invasion, and the team is like already super far behind. Uh, Sweller balloon. Since invasion is a problem at 25, changes do you think it'd be need uh, for it to be weaker at 25 and stronger and more impactful in the envoy phase? Oh, the actual invader? I honestly don't think they need the overshield. It's not my honest opinion. Like, I think the overshield's part of the problem. I mean, I don't know. We could, we could, we could probably throw darts at it and, and all have different ideas about what they need to get rid of. People are like, get rid of wall hacks, get rid of wall hacks. There were numerous times I landed two good pulse hits on the guy, and I'm dead. Like I don't stand a chance. Why? He's got heavy, and I'm using my, I'm using a primary. So, um, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if that would really change much. You know, make him weaker, make his overshield weaker. I still think that overshield. I'm sorry. I still think the wall hacks with heavy would be. He, he'd still. He's still going to get almost a guaranteed kill or two, unless he's just horrible. Uh, Ruku, Lono, do you think that Bungie could implement a lot of your anti-PVP suggestions to Gambit while keeping Gambit Prime as uh, to be more competitive? Well, there's layers of competitive, isn't there? So when you played Trials, when the when the bounties were in Trials, so pre-Rise of Iron, there were bounties in Trials, and casual players knew they could go in and get Trials loot, and they didn't have to win. And that kept the funnel full of a variety of players. You got everybody from, from Real Crafty to, you know, Blind Barry. You got everybody in there. You got the guy who, 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 who doesn't even seem like he's touching the controller, and then you got people at, at the skill level of Real Crafty. You have a very full funnel and a very broad spectrum of player. That's good for everybody. The more casual players are getting rewarded, the more hardcore players aren't playing a sweat match every single time. So it's a huge benefit to the community. Now, in Gambit, how do you achieve that, okay? I think the armor and the perks and the maximizing strategy is there for the real crafties of Gambit to really throw everything they have at being the absolute best at Gambit. What they need to do is, I think this might be the answer, and I don't like that I'm saying this, but the answer might be player agency with bounties so you go in and can farm for a specific weapon. I think that would keep casuals in there. You wouldn't care all that much if you lose as long as that bounty's getting worked on every every maybe what every two games or every three games you get a gun drop, right? And you're working on getting the auto rifle. You know, every two games you get an auto rifle and you're going for a certain role. They'd need to look at the turnover rate, right? How long do matches last? How long do we want people to wait before getting another drop? I think that would keep the funnel full of casuals and it would be it it wouldn't be nearly as frustrating why when you played trials and you got shellacked and you were working on bounties you kind of didn't care 
you're getting stuff you're getting loot you're getting guns and this would be even more more volitional there'd be more directional you'd be like oh sweet I'm getting another hand cannon I'm getting another hand cannon I'm getting another hand cannon now some people might push back and say yeah but then you're just gonna fill the funnel pull of solo players that don't give a crap about winning and I wanna win here's what I have to say to you if you really wanna win in a game like Gambit Prime you should probably try and find a team if you prize winning now I'm not saying you should just accept the fact that you're always going to get steamrolled but if that's something you really really prize and you're going to be annoyed that there's people in the player mix working on bounties and maybe they're not trying all that hard well I mean if, if if you prize winning to that extent then maybe you should try to find a team I'm not saying it's that simple but sometimes you might see somebody that was like at the end, you're like, wow, their stats are really good. Send them a message, send them an invite, you know, try and get them, try and get them to, to play with you. If you're listening to this podcast or watching this on Twitch, yeah, you're not a casual player. You're involved. You're in the community. You're talking. Just, you know, get some peeps on your friends list if you can. If not, you know, and if not, the bounties are there as a backdrop for you too. It's like, wow, that sucked. But well, at least I got another gun. Let's see what the roll is. Iron Banner was that way. Iron Banner, it wasn't that bad if you were getting shellacked because at the end of every match in Destiny 1, any of every Iron Banner match was a chance at getting the Clever Dragon or whatever the frick you were grinding for. So, um, I, I, I think that they could probably come up with that. Is, is, they need to recapture, I said this last night to Ninja with Noel on Twitter, because he was talking about the competitive playlist and how it just, it seems to keep continue to empty and get sweatier and sweatier, and I said, they need to recapture what the Trials bounties had prior to Rise of Iron. There was something smart and magical and so simple there that just, it solved a lot of problems. And if Gambit Prime if I could go down to Drifter, and every week, just like Ada, he had a rotation. You know, he had a rotation of Gambit weapons. He had, you know, two or three, and I buy him, buy the bounty from him from Glimmer. Maybe you, here's here's a thought too. You know how you did the four? You, you know he had to like fill the thing from Ada with seeds. Maybe you go into Reckoning to fill that frame, and then you go into Gambit Prime to finish it. Again, you're just keeping the funnel full of players. The funnel is full of players that are along a spectrum. Because a, a, a far-reaching concern I have for Gambit Prime is even the people that enjoy it are going to be in a sweat box in about two weeks because nobody's going to stay. Casual players are going to bounce. They're not going to stay in the mix. You are going to be in a sweat box in about two weeks. And don't tell me, well, it's supposed to be competitive. That's okay. Uh-uh. No. When Trials turned into a sweat box, when the Rise of Iron Trials bounties didn't give new gear, that was the number one complaint from Trials players. It is just too sweaty. Every game is a sauna. And I'm, I am I fear that Gambit Prime will turn into that if they don't do something to keep the funnel full of the, the, the majority of the player base as opposed to just a very concentrated hardcore center. But Lono, the annual pass in Forsaken or for the hardcore... Not everybody that is quote-unquote hardcore and targeted by the annual pass and Forsaken are looking to sweat their balls off every time they play Destiny. I just don't think that's that that is super inviting. You want to relax on a Friday night and you jump into and you jump into a Gambit Prime and it gets into the state that I think it's going to get into in a couple of weeks. You're not going to who wants to play that? It's just stressful. 
It's, it's freaking stressful. Games are supposed to be the opposite of that. There's, it's a certain kind of player that enjoys that sweatiness, and even they want to de-stress sometimes. They don't want to constantly be in that sweat mode. Uh, Tony Darko. Hey, Lono, I'd love to see Bungie implement more ways for abilities to matter in Destiny. After all, uh, the anthem I played, it makes me wish I could jump uh, in on my Titan and feel as powerful as my Colossus. Um... You think they would possibly implement the Destiny 3 or maybe allow us exotics influence blah 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 in Destiny 2. Alright, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I'm gonna scroll down and see how many questions we have left. Um, Destiny is a shooter. Oh, I'm not answering all... Oh my gosh. No, I'm not answering all these. We're gonna cut... We're gonna cut in about five minutes because this will be about a two-hour episode. I, we, we have over 200 questions, I think. Um... Destiny at its core is a shooter and if you start leaning too heavily into abilities, it would... I, I think there's actually a really good balance. I think supers are are good and i think when paired with the right exotics and the right strategy they're really strong that's why some of the things they've done re- like lately uh have been frustrating yeah we're on question 140 th- 41 um well no we're not because i scrolled way way down i actually don't know how many questions we had today we had leftover questions from last time um I think we had like 70 something questions so we've got basically 100 questions today I haven't gotten to all of them sorry I, I forgot we left old questions in there in any case we've been going for about 2 hours um, yeah you don't want to lean too heavily on abilities it's all about the guns it's mainly a shooter and I believe the abilities and the grenades and things are actually very complementary to a lot of that uh, Noth21 since now we know how the drops and perks work do you think there is enough incentive to grind for the new sets I think they're cool. I like the idea of getting a full collector set and getting those perks. I do. I'm not even a big fan of Gambit Prime, and I like that idea. Uh, what Warlock Jump is the best to use and why? Um, I use Burst Glide. Um, I like Burst Glide. I don't know. I feel like I can get decent forward momentum uh, with Burst Glide. J2J Squared. Do you prefer the old DLC model of content to the new season pass? No. No. The season pass feels lackluster in my opinion. I'm also curious what do you th- if you think the top dogs at Bungie uh, have moved on to future projects. Well, I'm not going to speculate on what they've moved on to. There's no way to know. Um, you know, Luke said they were really thinking about the future of Destiny, but they weren't necessarily moving off of Destiny 2 and that one uh, TWAB update. You know, he said most of us are setting our sights on how we could take this game into the future. So they're thinking about more than just Destiny 3, right? Now, to your question about this model versus the classic DLC model. I'm going to answer your question with a question. Are you going to try and claim that Dark Below and House of Wolves and Curse of Osiris and Warmind were successful content deliveries in Destiny's history? Are, are you going to try to claim that? I don't know very many people that would try to claim that. Dark Below was highly criticized. Curse of Osiris was highly criticized. Warmind was like, okay... But the crux of the grind in Warmind was Escalation Protocol. That was that was basically it. Um, so and, and House of Wolves was shaky too. So you got four pieces of DLC in their history of classic DLC model, and Warmind's like the only one that people really kind of consistently praise three out of the four typically get pretty ripped up. They're like, yeah, Dark Below was awful. Yeah, House of Wolves was okay. I mean, it brought Trials, but if you didn't like Trials, what was there? Prison of Elders? And then you have, and then you had Curse, which, you know. Now, Milo's saying Curse and Warmind had more content than Black Armory. 
here's the thing curse of osiris would have been a great dlc with random roles that is literally what made curse of osiris garbage the forge grind in curse of osiris would have been super addicting with random roles the absence of random roles just shot curse of osiris just right in the leg it's like this isn't going to be good it's just a bunch of static rolled guns and then you're done and they staggered that super slow to just squeeze as much life out of that as they could Warmind, Warmind was good, but the main reason people think fondly of Warmind is because it actually had good story. But the the Warmind era brought power back to the back to the battlefield. It bought it brought you know tractor cannon and it brought uh, you know the change of tractor cannon. It brought Ikalaj shotgun. That that's one of the reasons I think people think fondly of Warmind. I don't think Warmind was was massively mind-blowing i also don't think warmind kept people playing for a super super long time um i don't know i feel like drip feed is logistically better i think the problem is right now they're not filling those containers with the best stuff so like black armory okay Black Armory was great structure for grind, but the rewards weren't flashy enough. There needed to be better perks. Now we've got great perks, right? We've got cool, really neat new perks in in, in Season of the Drifter, but the means by which you get the weapons is freaking terrible. There's no agency. There's no intentionality. So the logistical decisions in, in, in Black Armory were great, but the perks were kind of like, eh, you could live without most of these guns. They're cool, but you don't really need them. Scourge of the Pass was really good. But now we arrive in Season of the Drifter and there's all these new perks and things we've never even heard of before. But the the path to getting those weapons is like a fog that won't capture people. If you can't have that agency over the grind of the weapons, I don't know how long people are going to hang out to try to get something like Demolitionist. Kills with this weapon, generates grenade energy. Uh, activating your grenade ability reloads this weapon from its reserves. Like, I don't know if people are really going to grind Gambit Prime for a chance at this SMG, and they get this SMG, they might not even get that perk. They might not even get the Demolitionist perk. They might just get a, a normal, old, boring SMG roll. Gun melts through your ammo. Yeah, SMGs are really, really hard to use because the TTK is reliant on on being a bullet hose, and being a bullet hose, you just you just eat through ammo. For grenade energy, Sanja or Sanja, I feel like we all knew invading was going to be insanely prominent in Gambit Prime. What are some ways they can fix it? I've already addressed ways to change invading. I don't. I didn't anticipate it. I did not anticipate Gambit Prime being another another version of Gambit. With, with, a, with a paint job like it just it doesn't feel like they did any anything thoughtful about invading other than making you spawn in random which makes it easier on the invader <laughs> like I don't think they did anything thoughtful with invading they just kind of left it the same way and in some respects made you stronger as the invader because you don't have to worry about getting instant they needed to do that I'm not saying they should have left it how it was they needed to make it so you couldn't get instant as soon as you teleported in but still uh, LLB rude. Are you scared of how repetitive this is going to be? Yes. Talked about that a lot. I am. It's narrow and it's sweaty. I think people will get burned out pretty quick. Uh, so, 
I'm actually gonna I'm gonna end Q&A on that one there's a lot more questions and we're, we're actually over on the two hour mark right now we're about two hours and 12 minutes we're gonna keep talking I might even keep scrolling through your questions but I want to chop the podcast here just to respect the people that listen and watch this in other places I don't want this to become too cumbersome if you're new to my stream please click the follow button if you've never been here before I do these segments all the time uh, typically the gameplay is full screen but for this segment it's not so if you've been enjoying my stream click the little heart button that's a free and easy way to support what I do if you're listening to this on iTunes Google Play Spotify or watching on YouTube you can always tune in live twitch.tv slash say no to rage or look up say no to rage on Twitter as a all of my content I appreciate you watching and listening please like share and subscribe